Come on, come on, we're live. Let's see those jazz hands, people. Come on, Kevin Dixie's doing the boxing jazz hands. Uh, something's wrong with Kevin Dixie. Let's see who figures it out first. And we've got Harrison from Harry's Holster. Let's see those jazz hands, Harry. Come on, don't even try it. I know you're trying to ah, I get out of it. No, you got to do it. You got to do it. Okay, I hope you guys have your big girl gun control panties on tonight because we are live. This is episode 334 of the Who Move My Freedom podcast coming to you live from the uh, Strange Media Studios here in Gainesville. Our special guest tonight, as I said before, Harrison from Harry's Holsters. Check them out right there. They, they, they do sponsor the show and help us do all of this stuff. So, And you can get uh, 10% off, right, Harry? Yep. Use code Hank Strange. There you go. Gets you 10% off. And then um, some kind of imposter that looks like Kevin Dixie, but mm-hmm. he's not the truth. No, <laughs> I am an imposter. <laughs> there he goes. Something is wrong with Kevin Dixie. Let's see who figures it out. Well, how much time do you want to give them, Kevin? I don't know. Let's have some fun. Let's, let's see. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. Let's see who figures out what is wrong with Kevin Dixie. But he's here. The maker. How many of those truths have you sold so far, Kevin? Uh, looks like we are about uh, half sold out. I think we got 22 of them going. Oh, cool. Nice. Three uh, of them, thanks to uh, the, the Stranger Hollicks. Nice. Okay. Where's my gun coming? Yeah. You, got, you got seven more, Hank. Oh, okay. We can we can make that happen. And, and then you got to, you know, remember, remember the deal is you supply the gun and I'm going to trick it out. Right. Me. Yeah. High so, point. So, <laughs> uh, well, no, I'm not putting my. So about that, we'll, we'll talk off camera. <laughs> okay, we'll talk off camera. <laughs> it will be a high point. <laughs> now, if I you want to send a high point to get a high point tricked out, we will trick out your high point. Oh, okay, good, good, good. All right, so, uh, you know, we're going to, the subject tonight is uh, gun control. Obviously, uh, sweeping uh, background checks bill passed the House today. And uh, we're going to talk about that. You know, we're here, we're talking about it. We talked about it last night. We'll talk about it again today. Uh, now it's left up to go to the Senate. I think uh, the president is saying he's going to veto it. Let's see what happens in the Senate. We did. I think they said they got about uh, eight de- uh, eight Republicans that voted for it. I know five of them uh, actually co-sponsored the bill. So we're going to have those conversations and other things. Uh, what other news is out is bugging you guys, Harry? Man, I got to be honest with you. I, I look at a very limited amount of news. So. Okay. Okay. I, making the holsters, making the holsters. Oh, by the way, Ben, I, uh, I, I used to be an addict mm-hmm. on the news cycle, and it just wasn't productive in my life. So I quit. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who makes Kevin Dixie's holsters, but I don't know. We got to, we got to get oh, him. You're trying to, you're trying to, you're trying to uh, jack <laughs> my, my people's now. You just gonna put no, me on? No, no, I'm not. I'm not. You yeah. know, I don't know. You know. I don't know. Just gonna, just gonna put me on on Front Street with Harrison while he's sitting here. That's yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, I mean, that's the pressure. See that? That's why he sponsors you. That's my job. <laughs> right. This is why I just let him talk. up and sit back. And sit back. Yeah. Are you making a holster for the truth? Yes, Harrison. the truth does have its uh its own holster. There is a holster that's already uh, out that will be announced bigger uh, in a few days when the website is out, and um, we have another edition of it uh, coming out, which is pretty. Uh, oh, okay. Pretty- Do you, does it need a specific one, or is it just a VP nine holster? Um, it's, it's going to have to, well, I mean, if you got the, obviously if you got the threaded barrel and, uh, stuff like that, but this one is not just a holster. It's actually wrapped in something. So it's a little, okay. 
it's a little right, different right. than just you know something to, to actually just hold the gun. So yeah, I mean, if you have any, yeah. you know, if you want a plain old uh, VP9 holster, I'm pretty sure Harry can hook you up with that. Uh, but okay. these, all right, cool. All right. Looks like there's some people out there anxious for us to talk about the gun control thing. Oh, right. really? I mean, we're waiting for folks to come in here. By the way, as you're coming in here, if you're not subscribed, please do subscribe, ring the bell, thumbs ups, all those kind of things. We need it, including the people that are complaining. Let's see who's complaining here. Oh, Mr. Arizona 92. I wonder if he, this guy was actually Mr. Arizona. It's possible. It's possible. Maybe. I'm not. Sexy dudes out in Arizona. He says, when the circle jerk stops, can you get to the actual news? Because, you know, I mean, that's why he's here. So do you guys want to just jump into that? No, I, I don't want to be bullied. That's mean. <laughs> you don't want to be what? Bullied. That's not nice. <laughs> I don't feel bullied. I feel... I, you know, it doesn't bother me. We've seen this whole <clears throat> we've seen this whole gun control, the uh, the background check. We, we've seen it coming for a long time. Right. Yeah. You know, and, you know, Pelosi's got control of the House. This this is bound to happen. You know, lots of Republicans out there that uh, want gun control bound to happen. The people vote for it. There's no fear. Um, lots of folks out there, the people out there are very relaxed and not worry about this thing. I know. So, I, Harrison, obviously you're making holsters, but Kevin, you and I are guys out there that are advocates for the Second Amendment. Um, have we not been talking about this thing? I don't know. Maybe we've been really quiet. Haven't no. said, said anything. No, I think we've been talking. I think it's like telling the yeah. future, right? Like a fortune. Sure? Oh, maybe we've been hiding under a rock. Maybe. Maybe you haven't lost your voice a bunch of times, uh, ranting and raving. <laughs> oh man, I think I think that um, we've all been doing our part talking about it. I know, you know, and I'm pretty sure I'm not alone. Present company included have literally went hoarse, um, and you know, put your got you know got a couple of hairs that different colors and blood pressure up and all that. But yeah, this mm-hmm. is this is not something that I I didn't expect. This is not something that um, we shouldn't have seen coming. It was bound to happen. It happened. Now, will it get past, you know, the next step? Probably not. But at the same time, um, this is why we need to be vigilant. And I tell people we can't wait to prepare to fight gun control or anti-freedom types when they start doing things. These are things that you have to be ahead of the curve on. And um, so I'm just as upset as everybody else. I just don't have the shock factor going on. Yeah, we're not surprised at this point. And by the way, I'll share I'll share a link to the truth about guns. We'll talk about it here. I'll read through this really quick so you you know you guys can give me your opinion. This is on the truth about guns. The news is all over the place. You can find it. Uh, House passes HR eight bill that would outlaw private gun sales. The Democrat controlled U.S. Uh, House of Representatives passed what they optimistically are calling a universal background check bill today. But there's much more to HR eight than just mandated FFL transfers. The bill would also ban handgun sales to adults under 21 years old, allow for unlimited transfer fees and criminalize handling a firearm or handing, excuse me, a firearm to another person while shooting outside a designated range. That last part right there is the most surprising part they got through to me. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what that means. So you can't make if you're making a YouTube video. You know. You hand yeah. in your name and not hers, and you might be in trouble. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there's a there's a bunch of crap in in the, in this bill. So, have you had a chance to take a look at this, Kevin? 
I glanced through it. You know, I got the, some of the highlights and I, I, my head was really uh, buried today, getting a lot of stuff done. But, you know, I, I got a, I got wind of it and, and started looking into it. And it's, you know, it's it's the, the slope toward registration is what it is. Right. First, you got to make it you got to close the doors where you can you can find out where the guns are to get them registered. And this is just the first step. Um, and once we can get them registered, we can take them. And that's what they're that's what they're looking at. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I mean, um, I think that's what Walter was saying last night. By the way, we were talking about this last night as well. But we were just talking about whether or not we thought the vote was going to go through. I think we all agreed it would go through. That was myself, Walter and Babyface. Uh, so we're here now. It did go through. Yeah, I think that uh, Walter was saying that and I agree with him. This is a way to create a, a form of registration because even if you've had these guns passed down in the family for a long time and you want to continue to pass it now um, or sell it, you know, maybe you need money or something like that. You're going to have to go through um, an FFL. You're going to have to get um, background checked all over again. And you're going to have to pay fees. Right. Yeah. You know, you know um, this, uh, you know, you buy something, you go through the background check, you own this thing. It's your property. You want to sell it to someone that, you know, it, it, be, it becomes an issue now and you have to go out to like guys like myself. I, I have an FFL, you know, people are going to start setting whatever prices they want for this stuff, man. Yeah. yeah and if you, know, if you just think about that. And that's the that's kind of the and that gets into a whole another thing, too, about how we can. Uh, take advantage of ourselves, right? Like mm -hmm. if this, which I hope it doesn't, and let's make sure it does not pass. Um, but let's just say in, in a horrible reality, it did, right? Mm -hmm. It reminds me, it'll be, to me, it'll be the same way every time we go through this um, kind of the AR um, scarce, you know, where you can't find AR on a wall anywhere. And I wrote up a little story about this on Instagram a few days ago, where I just recalled uh, back in like 2007, um, and I was still relatively new to truly understanding what we do now. I was, you know, only about five or six years into it. And um, I believe that I remember that this guy, uh, they had these signs at this local gun store. They had two ARs left in stock total. And one of them I walked over to and they had the stamp Leo and military only. Right. And I look up at it and it's got a big sign above it typed out by the store um, that just reinforces that says, if you need a letter from your chief saying it's for official police business, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then I walk over to the second AR. Now it's minus the stamp on the lower receiver, but it has the same hand type sign above it. And so I asked the guy, I'm like, why, why can't, you know, and I was working for PD at the time, but I'm like, Hey, why can't, you know, anybody buy these? He was like, well, you know, essentially, you know, we want to make it's, it's our responsibility to make sure that the cops are safe first. I was like, <laughs> what? They, they got plenty of guns, dude. I mean, like, you know, I was like, is there a scarce at the police department? Because I understand procurement officers will just buy it you don't need to put a sign they mm -hmm. already have order and processes which one stuff right yeah that's a little that's a little like, weird yeah i'm like you guys are just going overboard you know and i never shopped at this store i went across the street to their competitor who when mm -hmm. i walked in had just sold their last ar to just a regular mom you know and it was it made me feel better so i, sp so I spent my money with them and i believe that this scares me that if this was to pass in that horrible reality that you know there would not all not all but there definitely would be some people that would take advantage of it. They would be like, oh, you know, a transfer now is 125 bucks. What you going to do? Say no. Yeah. You're break the law. All right. So uh, us kind of uh, putting it's our another way to make money. I think I would assume that most gun, um, most guys that have FFLs, most gun stores and things like that out there don't want to do that. But I know yesterday when we did like an informal poll to see what the fees are, 
there's they start somewhere around 20 25 bucks go all the way up to 50 bucks what mm-hmm. kind of stuff do you see harrison in terms of in, the fees transfer in stuff? Area, it depends on where you are if you're out in the country usually 20 to 30 dollars 35 on the high end my shop's 25 uh once you start getting towards the higher income areas it goes up to 50 bucks i mean yeah. there might even be a shop locally that charges 100 and I mean, those are the shops that are charging MSRP or more for guns. It just depends on how affluent the area is. But this is North Carolina. So you go to an area like San Francisco. I remember reading an article a couple of years ago where they were able to push out the last remaining gun shop due to the zoning laws. So what happens in these areas where they're trying to put gun shops out, actively approaching that from a local, you know, county and city government perspective? Mm-hmm. Then you have one or two shops that can afford to weather the storm and they're charging $75, $80 for a transfer fee. Yeah. Now, I'm sure there's people out there thinking, okay, you guys are talking about that hack actually hasn't happened yet. Right now, the way that it sits, all of this has to go through the Senate. I'm hoping it gets blocked in the Senate. We'll see what happens. And then let's say it doesn't get blocked in the Senate, has to go to the White House. We've got to rely on Trump to uh, veto that thing. Now, he said he would, you know. Yeah, I mean... You know, I, I don't know. I'm sure there's folks out there who really support Trump and they think that there's if he says he's not going to do, it, he's definitely gonna, not going to do it. I don't know. I don't think I have that much faith in the fact that he's not going to do it. I would suggest that folks get out there and he, get in touch with their senators and, and tell them to not uh, go for this. I'm he, sorry. Go ahead. You get the wall without having to go through a national emergency to get them to fund the wall. He trade that in a day. Now, whether or not that's a big. Yeah. Enough, Good point. I don't yeah. think Dems would do that, but I think we wouldn't argue. Do you think the Democrats would trade gun control for the wall? Hmm. That's a good question. Let's ask. Let's ask the people out there. Do you think that Democrats would trade gun control for the wall? So, in other words, they would they would give Trump the funding for the wall in exchange for him, um, you know, not vetoing uh, the gun control bill that's out there. What What do you think? Uh, uh, I'm assuming Harry Harrison, you're saying no, he wouldn't do that, right? Uh, I don't think the Dems would. I think if they traded the wall, okay, a bigger voter issue than gun control by far for them. So, the wall. Yeah. Okay. So, what do you think about that, Kevin? Um, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think they are. Uh, I think that people would probably not do that, but it does. It does bring up an interesting question, like. How bad does he want it? So I'm kind of like, I don't think they would, but would he? Because, I mean, that, that's that's what he's talked about since day one, right? The wall. He, he, yeah, he didn't step in with the same ferocity talking about protecting, you know, freedom. He mentioned it, sure. But the wall has always been at the forefront, always. So what are yeah. you willing to sacrifice to get it? No. Yeah, but, but but also what a big loss. What, what Would it be a massive loss to Democrats to go, OK, listen, we're not going to block you on the wall. We'll let you. You know, we'll let you have this wall funding because in the end, I think when you look at when you look at the uh, the polling on this, lots of Americans want border security. So Democrats can always, you know, turn that around and say, hey, we gave you border security. I, I think you have to look at the news cycle on things. When you look at the border security, that's been in the news cycle forever now, it seems like. Whereas gun control, it comes and goes. It, you go you have something like uh, Parkland happen. And then all of a sudden you go and poll everybody and the 95, 90% of the country that really don't care either way, a large portion of them saying, yeah, I want gun control. You wait three weeks, do the same poll 
and it reverses. Okay. It's out of. Are we, are we still having that effect though? Because it kind of feels to me like since Parkland, we've had constant calls for gun control, definitely in the media. And then it looks like politicians out there, including the ones that we thought were on our side, are kind of going for it. They haven't gained any steam though. That's what you got to look at. So, what, I mean, you've always got that loud vocal minority. But at the end of the day, there's most of the voters only, everybody's a one issue voter, whether they wanted to admit that or not to a certain degree. We only have the capacity to learn a lot about certain things. Mm-hmm. So you can't know everything about everything. And okay. most people that are saying they support or don't support something really don't know what they think because they haven't taken time and gone and done the research. To really dig into it. Okay, let me uh, let me just sidetrack here if, if no one minds. Okay, if nobody, if no bodybuilders from Arizona mind, we'll sidetrack here for a second. Dan hates you. I saw he said, where's Mr. Dixie's fresh hat? I don't know if anyone else noticed that, but that's what's going on. Diximus Maximus is going without a cap. No Jimmy cap or Dixie cap or. I always, I always have them close. Now, don't don't get it, don't get it wrong. I always have them close. Oh, but, you oh, know, oh, okay. Just in case, you know, if people <laughs> me and my feelings got hurt, I was going to put my hat on. Yeah. Um, hold on a second. Oh my God. A damn Bernie Sanders ad to load this live chat. Disgrace. What are they doing to you, Hank? A casino boss said he had to watch a a Bernie Sanders ad. Um, listen, don't be mad. We're going to take that. We're going to take all that Bernie money (laughs) and put it back into fighting gun control or buying guns or both. So I'm not really mad about things like that. I don't know if you get mad about those kinds of things. Kevin, I don't know. Harry, Harry looks like he's uh I'm I'm back. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh let's see what's going on. Um they know they can't take the guns, but they can choke out the guns. That's from Link's defense. Yeah. Uh, Good point. He's in law enforcement, so he they they have a lot of uh conversations at the local level about, you know, what would you do if you got that order? A lot of local cops ask get that ask that question all the time. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, the idea is, frankly, you start making more and more illegal until 20 years from now. Guy who behind in his attic can never take it out and shoot it, and it's it's yeah. like you're living in Nazi Germany or something. Yeah. So let's talk about this now. Hypothetically, we're going to have this discussion of what if these guys were actually able to get this push through, what this would mean, and and I don't want to talk about it like in a 360 kind of way. So, you know, I want to talk about uh, whether people will comply, whether people will actually do these background checks. And I also want to talk about whether or not it's going to do anything to, you know, they're, they're, they're claiming they're doing all of this because of gun violence. Right. And obviously, we're the choir. We know that there isn't really such a thing as gun violence. There's people violence who use guns and knives and bats and cars and airplanes and all kinds of different things. So let's, you know, let's talk about that a little bit. Do you guys think if this actually passes that people out there in America are going to comply with this? Uh, No, go ahead. Uh, All right. In my state, North Carolina, we have what's called a pistol purchase permit. So to buy a handgun here, you're supposed to go to your local sheriff, unless you have a concealed carry permit, and purchase for $5 a pistol purchase permit. Not a lot of people do that. And these are, frankly, people – they don't know that law even exists. When did that? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. When did that go into effect? I know that is an effect in, in other places. Jim Crow uh, holdover law. They, 
you know, they didn't want at the state level to say blacks couldn't own guns. So they let the local sheriff. I see. I see. And we still have it in 2019. So do we have a lot of that still around the country? I know, Kevin, you probably looked into some of these things. Yeah, we got rid of it in Missouri in uh, 2007. Um, the FOI car process is still pretty much that's a rendition of that in Illinois. Um, oh, is that OK? What the FOI? The... Yeah. So in Illinois, you have to get an identification of firearms, firearms ownership identification card. OK. Illinois. So it's basically they have to approve you having a card that says it's okay for you to go places and buy guns. Hmm. Right? And then you still have to go through the 4473 and blah, blah, blah. Right. right. So just an extra step. These are all extra steps they're putting in the way. Okay. And one thing I think we ought to take into account is if this goes all the way through, how many states are going to say that's not enforceable in our state? There are states that come out and state that. I mean, there's already been states that are, isn't there a case in the Supreme or going to Supreme Court now? involving a uh, suppressor because I forgot what state it was. You know, they essentially legalized suppressors saying the NFA is unenforceable. Oh, yeah. We were talking about, oh, man, I forgot what state that was. Someone will let us know. Yeah. So that's another that's another thing we have to take into account here. And honestly, I almost want somebody to get confiscation through to see them like full on confiscation to see how they try to enforce it and to see the states, because I almost feel like that would it's risk. It's a be a risky move. But it'd have to bring the conversation because a lot of local law enforcement in North Carolina, there's only a few counties that even attempt to enforce that. Mostly yeah. Uh, yeah. I know where you're coming from. I know, you know, if anyone thinks that you want it, want this, you don't want it. You're saying you want it to be tested to see what's going to happen. But all that I hear is uh, someone's going to create another department of something or other. Right. I mean, how are they going to enforce this? Well, they're going to have to have I mean, something's going to have to get expanded. The ATF is going to have something. Well, I mean, literally in my area, you have to go to 80 percent of the houses, probably door by door. Yeah. Try There's going to they're going to have to they're going to have to expand some department or create a whole new department to do this. I honestly, because this is a federal law. How are they going to enforce this federal law? I honestly doubt every federal level law enforcement agency. Yeah. Has um, personnel capacity field agents to go door to or field personnel to go door to door to do that. They right. bring local law enforcement involved. And even then it'd be stretched thin as can be. And most local law enforcement is not going to abide by that. Right. Out of large metropolitan areas. What do you think about that, Kevin? Um, I think that is, it is very unenforceable. And here's the thing. I don't think it's really going to start with, uh, with the current existing guns. You got to remember, man, you got to play the long game here. Right. So if I can make it to where every gun you buy after June one goes in a registry. So everybody that walks into an NFFL and buys a gun, that gun across the country is now registered. I might miss the hundred million guns out there, 300 million guns, whatever it is. Sure. I'm going to take that hit, but I'm going to catch every last one of them coming out after this certain date. Right. And that's what they're going for. And then if you make a mistake, let's just say that that law is in existence for a year and you do a private transfer. And now that they have documentation, they catch you with that ABC gun you bought six months ago and you transferred it illegally. Well, now I can make you a criminal and I can take the other 12, 13, 14 guns you have, right? So it's it's the long game and it's the, the setup game. It's not going after the other 20 guns you have at home. It's making sure I can keep track of the extra two you bought before I can take the 20 later when you make a mistake. So I, I think that it's, um, it's it's horrible. I don't see any agency having the manpower to go out and enforce it. Um, like you said, door to door. And 
how many people are going to tell you what they have in their home? And then yeah. people are just going to stick to the, the, the private. You're going to create a black market is what you're going to do. And oh, the black, yeah, I mean, there's already a black market. What you're going to do is boost that black market. Yeah, I'm talking a, a, a legal black market, essentially, right? I, mean, I know it's a play on words, but instead of Kevin and Hank and, and Harrison, who are all good guys, going into the store and doing a 4473 for that new whatever, we'll just wait till some other dude buy it and pay him, you know, whatever. And we're not breaking, we're breaking the law, but we're not. We're not bad people. You know? there's, no, there's no true uh, criminal intent there. Correct. Yeah, it's kind of going around. But, but who, who do they? Here's the question that I would ask about that: Who do they enforce these things against? So the the majority of criminals out there, right? And if we want to talk about the, I'm I'm putting it in quotes. Mm-hmm. Okay, the gun violence problem. Um, I I believe most of that gun violence comes from criminals. Now uh, you've got people out there who get broken for whatever reason and decide they want to go out there and do these bad things. But the majority of what we're dealing with is criminals. Um, those criminals, they don't care how many, how many, um, you know, how many extra things or laws they broke, you're going to tag on. And a lot of times district attorneys don't even do it. Right. I'm going to put this on Kevin because you probably know the information. Is it the FBI that's come out with the statistics on, uh, like they went into prisons and interviewed people asking them involving gun related crimes and asking them where they got firearms and the majority were stolen or bought off the street. Correct. No, that's absolutely correct. So when that happens you have the real honestly we're having the wrong conversation here because at, all right every time after one of these incidents happens people bring up gun crime statistics all they want to ban ar-15s modern sporting rifles mm-hmm. that sort of deal and then you go and look at the amount of uh devastation call what cause with those it's so small it's like all right if you really wanted to make a difference if that was really your goal why aren't you trying to ban handguns because oh, stuff. Oh, they absolutely—they're absolutely coming for that. This is just a step. I think, I think it's like Kevin is saying. This is just a step in that direction. I agree with that, but the problem is we're not forcing the real conversation here because if yeah. you watch them on the media, they say, "Oh no, I think everybody should be able to. I think you should be able to own a handgun for protection." That's the lie. The, you're saying the media is saying that? No, not the media. But when they interview these people, they go, "I believe in the Second Amendment. I think you should be able to own a handgun." It's all that. Oh, I support the Second Amendment, but reasonable gun control acts. Right. So we need to force them to just come out and say, we need to back them into a corner with our debate saying, what you really come, you want zero guns. Because I can also have more of a conversation with somebody that says that than somebody's just sitting there lying to your face or really doesn't understand their own position. Yeah. I don't think the, I don't think the reasonable, um, the reasonable question really has any merit. I don't think that's logical, right? Because let's take it away from guns and put it on other things. How many shoes is it reasonable for you to have? How many cars is it reasonable for you to have? How many children is it reasonable for you to have? Does the amount of does the amount of guns that you have have anything to do with your uh, with you all of a sudden snapping and doing something horrible with those guns? I, I would argue the more guns you have, the less likely you are to snap based on the people I know and see doing these things. Yeah. So it's 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 totally ridiculous. But I think what they're trying to do is, OK, we're going to get this. We don't think it's reasonable for you to have this. And then we're going to we're going to put, you know, checks and balances against these things. And then when something inevitably, which happens all the time, happens with these other things, we go, well, you know, then we got to take these things away from people. Eventually, it's going to be like, you know what? There's too many guns out there. I think everyone needs to turn the guns in. What's funny to me is they always bring up this background check issue after you have a horrible event. And 
you look at most of these horrible events, a lot of these people bought them legally and passed the background check. And the reality is you just can't catch everything. Right. That, or, 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 well, I mean, and they're not catching things. I think recently that thing that happened in, in, in Illinois. Or, the, yeah. Illinois. Yeah. That guy uh, was not supposed to have anything, right? Nope. And when they, when they, when they called him, um, you know, ATF, and that, that happens, ATF will, uh, if the system misses it, they'll call people and say, hey, you need to, um, you know, not allowed to own a gun. You need to turn it in. And they did make contact with them and they did deliver the message that you're not allowed to own a gun. You need to turn it in. And nobody followed up. Nobody went and got it. And normally, you know, if, if they're nice enough, they'll say, hey, you got, you know, ABC or one, two, three amount of hours to turn this thing into this location. Uh, but nobody followed up. And then he went out and did something crazy. And now it's, oh, gun owners are the problem. We need more background checks. No, the background check system caught him before he was able to do something. And you guys didn't do your job. Right. The people are never following up. They didn't follow up in Parkland. Right. Nope. But, yeah. but at the same time, I hate to say this, but I'm I'm in favor of felons being able to own guns. And part of that is like a regular... The system needs to be reformed to a large degree. But I, my question is, why do we allow somebody to be on the street if we don't consider them safe enough to own a gun? And that's kind of, and then also we live in a free society. And because of that, there are dangers. We all face these risks that we can't just take everybody you deem a threat off the street at the same time. I mean, we've right. got to, yeah. I mean, I think if you did something now, if you did something that was so horrible, right, that we don't ever want you to have a gun. I don't know why, like you just said, if we ever want you walk in the streets. If you did something else and you paid your debt to society, why does that erase yeah. your ability to secure yourself? Yeah, that, that's something I've I've always uh, kind of struggled with. You know, I got I got a couple of friends that you know as teenagers they 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 were caught up in a lifestyle and uh, you know they did a few things. They were they were caught as felons as uh, kids. Now these men are you know. 40 plus raising good families, working hard, haven't done anything in 15, 20 years. And you always had a conversation about, man, and they're, they're kind of heartbroken. Like, yeah, man, I did something. But now, now that I realize what I'm working hard for and blah, 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 I can't even protect us. That's kind of, um, it's, and then, you know, from my bias, then, then at the, not at the same time, but then there are those few, which I'm pretty sure that's, you know, uh, keeps everybody from getting a hundred percent on board or those people, you know, they're just always, you know, just those lifetime criminals, you know, and they, they make it bad for everybody else. Right. So yeah, it's so, always um, interesting. Yeah. That's a complicated thing that we have to deal with. I think what happens a lot and, you know, so what you've got with, when certain politicians are pushing that and what people worry about, they're like, yeah, okay. So they want felons to be able to vote and do this thing or that thing because they feel like, okay, those people are going to vote for them. Right. You know, and that's why a lot of people don't want to support it. But, you know, life is more a little bit more complicated than that. We have a lot of things in America that people should not be felons over. We're talking about one of them now. This stupid ass background check thing is one of those things. We keep creating things to make people felons. This is a conversation we're trying to have with people all the time. Even when I'm talking to people um, of color, I'm like, hey, you, you guys are supporting these people that want more gun control. It's going to put you in prison. <laughs> yeah. Like get, get child, get a child support warrant out for you. That's it. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, so, so that's the thing about this, this, uh, the, the whole situation there, you're going to support these guys that create these problems that keep making laws and then they come and enforce the laws against you. Now you're a felon, you know, and 
you, you, you can't do anything. You can't vote. You can't defend yourself. You can't do all these things. So I think the first part of it, we got to stop creating all these laws that are doing that. And then after that, yes, if someone if we have fewer laws and, and less things that put you into this felony category. Right. Mm-hmm. Then if you do that, if you're a violent criminal, you know, I mean, legitimate violent criminal. OK, you should we should probably be doing something to keep you out of society. But if you're someone who's working and who's out there working hard, trying to, uh, you know, feed a family, start a family, pay back your debt to society and everything. Why do you lose the ability to defend yourself? Uh, I, I know both of you guys have listened to Joe Rogan's podcast in the past. It, Sam Harris was on there a couple weeks ago and they started talking about uh, people caring and uh, the responsibility that it weighs on you. To a degree, maybe if you gave some people are going to think I'm crazy for saying this, and it definitely wouldn't work with all. But if you gave felons that responsibility to a degree, they might take it as an actual responsibility, saying, "Hey, I've got to do this, and I've got to stay out of jail now." Like I, society's essentially giving me this responsibility because they trust me again, and I got to maintain that trust. Yeah. Well, I think that's because we created the problem already. Right. But what I'm saying is, why are we making something to make someone a felon? Why do we keep adding more things to that? Because we want, to, we want to restrict freedom. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, the, that's the ultimate thing. We want to restrict freedom. And I tell people all the time, felons are some of the biggest two way advocates you will ever find. Yeah, but we, but we but we lose them. Right. Because somehow maybe they didn't know they or like you said, they got caught up in the life, whatever it is. Or they, I think a lot of people just don't know about things. And so now what you're doing is you're telling them to go do everything illegally from now on, because you're going to add more things that's going to make it more difficult for them to, to actually be able to defend themselves or therefore have these rights. If you don't have the I think what you're saying, you know, what you're saying, Harrison, is that if you have the rights, you understand the responsibility of it now. Like, oh, I got to, you know, I got to defend this, this right. And where their conversation was going was, and I thought it was very interesting because Sam Harris is not a very uh, pro-gun minded person from things I've heard in the past. But he was talking about how a lot of these cops go, I avoid confrontation because I know it can turn deadly in an instant. And mm-hmm. he was speaking about from law enforcement perspective, but I'll be honest, I don't have a desire to get into a fight because the chances of it turning deadly just because of what's on my person are very high if I get in a physical confrontation. So that's something, I mean, go to a public gun range, people are normally very polite. And I think in states where people can, where it's, where people have easier access to guns, is, there's more people polite. Obviously you always will have things go wrong, but um, I think you see the difference if you, if you live in the places where it's very difficult to have access to those things, Hmm. I don't know. New York City, let's say, for example, who thinks that New York City is very polite? Hmm. I've never been. I'm, so I'll just be going off what I see on TV and what you say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No one there is polite. No one likes no one likes anyone else. There's a lot of craziness going on. And ultimately, we know there's only two groups of people that really have access to guns, cops, criminals. Yeah, I, I think that when they when they when people want to say that guns make I, I, I say it, I tell people all the time guns save my life, man. You know, and normally people like to like to, to tell the stories like they were they were bad asses and all that. I'm, and I'm not trying to say that, but I was addicted to fighting. I just like to fight, you know, and it was the way that I survived. If you didn't fight where I come from, <laughs> something bad would happen to you, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it was survival technique. And once I, you know actually learned about firearms and blah, 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 the right way, right? 
it was it was a, a sense of onus. Like one thing for sh- for sure, I didn't want to, you know, like Harrison just said, I didn't want to make a situation daily if it didn't need to be, because I was always good with my hands. I didn't need a I didn't need a, a gun per se. Uh, but when I start realizing the evils that exist in the world, and you know, just start growing up and being mature, I was kind of like, you know what? I don't want to, I don't want to lose this ability. I don't want to lose this. Like I don't want somebody telling me you can't go buy something or you can't go to the range. Like, I don't want that. So for me, when I would, I was still a high head young kid and, you know, 22, 23 years old. And even though I would want to get into a conflict, just in the short amount of time that I was legally carrying firearms, I realized like, I don't want to lose my freedom. And I don't want to lose the freedom that I now realize, thanks to older guys around me talking to me about, like, I don't want to lose that. So I would walk away from confrontation then. So what, four years ago, I would have walked right into it. Now I'm like, you know, as a kid, I'm like, I'm not doing that. No, mm-hmm. you're not. You are not going to be the reason why I'm not able to exercise my freedoms and my rights afforded to me by this country. Not doing it. And I'll walk away. And I think the more people have that education and know that they'll walk away from conflict, too, because if it goes there, um, it's going to be because you literally gave me no other choice. Like you really put my back against the wall. But so I don't think that it, this this world they create more guns equal violence is just it's actually false, man. It really is. Well, yeah. what a lot of people don't realize is these are a huge liability for us to carry them. There's the, like the whole attorney attached to every bullet thing. I've got a lot to lose. If I end up shooting somebody wrongly or even if I end up shooting somebody in a good shoot, I'm going to be stuck in court for months. Yeah. Right now, I'm the only one in my business. I'm the only one running it. My business does not run without me. How the heck do I run my business? How do yeah, I? It's always a no-win situation. Yeah. I, I don't know if anyone thinks that it's going to be a win. There is no win in it. I, I think a lot of people think it's gunslingers in the old west, and if that, you actually look up crime in the old west, their crime was lower than we had today. In reality, you know, movies and media has made that kind of a. Uh, it's been a pop culture thing that's not true, but we have to really, we have to try to get the responsibility out there to people. I think that's people aren't sober enough about the responsibilities when carrying a gun sometimes. And if more people in the so-called middle under middle understood that we might be able to change the conversation. Yeah. I think if, I think the more responsibility you give to anyone, the more in general, the more responsible they become. Now, obviously that's not, that's not for everyone. There's some people that are just broken, but I think we see that with our kids. I know that um, the thing that made my kids, uh, you know, conservatives real fast, is uh, I remember one one of my one of my sons was out there raising a bunch of money to go on a school trip. You know, he put all this money together. He thought, okay, school trip covered. And then the school said, no, all that money that you raised, we're going to give that to another kid because your parents are going to pay for you to go on this trip. <laughs> and that right there sobered him up immediately because he went out there. He did something thinking he was doing this thing to so he could go on this trip. And then they were like, no, we're going to take that work that you did and give it to someone else who didn't do that work. And it, it made him start thinking about it. But I think that's the problem that a lot of people in government, a lot of politicians have with us. They want to treat us worse than we would treat our kids. And they want to take responsibility away from us because they know what's best for us. I don't even think it comes down to that. It just comes down to where they can make money. And I think like a lot of people were speculating Obama's big play on gun control through the healthcare stuff was actually the insurance. Like his ultimate goal was to require insurance for every gun owner and create a new industry there. Okay. So you think this is like a thing to make money? 
I think somewhere there's somewhere in the background where they're trying to, they're trying to figure out a place somewhere. It's, I mean, loss of freedom is part of it. And I, that is the ultimate play, but when they're trying to force you to have insurance for everything, there's, there's a place somewhere where these guys are making money. Now, whether or not it further, well, think about, uh, I think, I think ultimately they, they have money. They have, if, they, if, if you have power, you have money. The, the way that you get power is when you take responsibility away from people. If people have to come to you for everything, then you have power. So yeah. if I can't defend myself and I have to come to the government for everything that I need, then they have power. Well, ultimately, I'm going to do whatever they say because then I'm not safe. Well, then they have an, a, a certification process and they're giving out license to operate a security business. So there, there's money somewhere involved that they're trying to. Well, here's a money. Here's a money ploy for you. Think about it like this. Think about a simple chain, chain of events. We, them, succeed in restricting the amount of guns. And I tell people all the time, inadequate arms is the same thing as being unarmed. It really is. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they get down to everybody having no guns or very select few having inadequate arms. So we know crime is going to go up, right? People can't defend themselves. That's proven throughout history and countries that do it now. So crime mm-hmm. goes up. Crime goes up. Who are we going to call more? The police. police. Absolutely. The police are going to say, which they already are, going to say, look, we were already stretched in before. Now we're just pretty much non-existent. There is no way we can keep up. We need more money for more law enforcement, more systems, equipment, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so we then tax the people to make the people pay for the cops, right? Mm -hmm. Then you build a true police state. And then when we start passing things that, you know, are are really invasive and now everybody's offended, gun owner or not, everybody's offended and believe that this is oppression. Well, you funded your own tyranny. Well, our power is secure, right? mm -hmm. Another thing yeah. to take into account, what happens then, they get their funding and they try to get more officers. The reality, how many qualified candidates do they have? So then what um, they start doing is lowering the standards. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know. Listen, you know what? I was having this conversation with a, a, a kid that I saw in the barbershop that he's about to uh, graduate from college and going off. And, and we got into this conversation about the whole gun thing. And he told me he would like to be able to defend himself and all that. And we had some conversations about it. And I said, ultimately, how can you really even stop this thing? The genie is out of the bottle, man. Guns are this is this is like like here's an upper, right? This is just a freaking barrel, dude. It's just a cylinder. None of this stuff is really super complicated. So if we start if we start making this a more expensive proposition, it's kind of like oil here in America, right? If we're getting oil from overseas and it's cheaper, why do we need to dig for our own oil? Oh, it's getting more expensive. Okay, it's more logical now for us to dig for oil. Well, I think that's the same thing that we were talking about with the black market. If they keep putting all these restrictions on people that don't want to do this, even people who maybe were law abiding people. But as we said here before, like, no, you know, what? screw it. I don't want to go through all these things. I'm just going to go out there to that person who's just going to build a gun and give it to me. This is what we see going on in places where they put the most restrictive gun control in. Uh, We've talked about that here on the show. We've seen places in England where they've busted guys in tool shops building guns. It happens in Mexico all the time. They get a tool shop, they start building guns and they're selling stuff. That's ultimately what's going to happen. We're going to have these things. 
it's silly. It's silly to think that we're going to be in a place or a time where people aren't going to arm themselves. That does not happen. You know, people, people naturally look, every human being is capable of murder. Every last single one of us, you are born with that capability. Right. And that has been since the dawn of time. We do bad things to each other. We just do. I don't care how domesticated you want to say that we are. We do bad things to each other. Every human being has the right to defend themselves against the acts of another. And nobody is going to allow themselves to be disarmed. And even the people that normally go for it, when something's happened, how many times have you guys looked at the news and somebody was like, I never wanted to touch a gun and something horrendous happens. And they're like, so about this gun thing. Mm -hmm. Right. And they they start rethinking and they start reprocessing the thoughts because they are in an illusion that the nature of humans is not going to happen to them, right? Yeah. Oh, that story I saw on the news only happens over there. Yeah, it's all good until someone smacks you upside the head, you know? Exactly. <laughs> you know, so I, don't, I, don't, I think that they're living in a fantasy world, and it's, it's really about when you start bringing in the horrors of what gun control. Because, see, that, that's always been my approach. Now, I love talking on this level and talking just about the laws because we need to. We have to educate people. That is important. It can't go anywhere. At the same time, when you start pointing out, because they pull on emotional heartstrings, right? I'm like, all right, you want to talk emotions? You want to talk facts? And that's why I bring up the things that I bring up. The same laws you are asking for now literally existed then. Mm-hmm. They literally existed then. They just had simpler words because we're, we got books that dang on thick now. Before, they just put it on a piece on one page, and that was it. That's all they needed. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, these are the same laws that are allowed people to be massacred. I keep telling people, and I don't know... Why they don't want to listen? The only difference between gun control laws now versus back in the 1700s is in the 1700s they started for blacks. Now they just don't give a damn what color the slave is. They don't care. No, it's, it doesn't it's matter. A free market. Anybody can get it. Yeah. Like, like they say, right? So right. I, I think that when people are voting for that, when they're when they're looking at it, they're looking at you know what happened to maybe a friend they know, you know what happened to maybe a cousin they know, or the sad story on the news. What you fail to realize is you are going to be the sad story on the news. Mm-hmm. That is going yeah. to happen to you. How many? How many? When you go back into the the case up the uh, the, the Supreme Court case up in Washington, where the three young ladies were raped for twelve to fourteen hours, and nobody came to save them, and then it was ruled that the police won well, a couple of different cases around the country. It's ruled that the police actually have no responsibility to protect an individual. Right. Only the community as a whole. Absolutely. Right. So why would you in turn want to give away your protection? I, I, it doesn't make sense. To me. If you, for example, have you guys ever seen the video? Oh, man. So someone's going to have to correct me on this, but I'm just going to paraphrase everything. There was this video out there of, I think, um, a, a mother that was at home with her with her young children in New Jersey or something. And there's uh, like, I guess there was a camera in the house and there's a guy that broke in there and was beating her to to like just beating her into a pulp for a long time. I mean, when you see stuff like that, when you see a guy corner an old lady in an elevator and knock her out, that thing has to something has to jog in your brain and say, well, where was the police at that time? What law is going to give this person their life back? Well, you know. Six miles down the road here in a very affluent area, the average house probably sells for like seven hundred some thousand dollars. And they're like I said, very affluent area in a more rural like country setting. And there was a home invasion in this nice, like solid upper class middle neighborhood with there's no like uh, you got to drive 20 miles to get to a bad neighborhood from that area and still a home invasion. And I, I forget these 
people were hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've seen it over and over again. Big Dre gave us five bucks. He says, damn it, I'm running in 2020. And if you're anti-gun, you're going to prison for life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> laugh my ass off, Hank. Uh, you will be my VP. Laugh out loud. Um, thanks. Thanks for that, Big Dre. We appreciate it. Um, yeah, there's we can come up with story with time and time yeah. again that that people look. The reality is, what, what was the cult? It was a great equalizer. If someone's bigger than you, if they have a weapon and you don't, there's so many scenarios where you're just, what are you going to do? What are you going to do for that? I keep telling people you don't have things that you can't defend. And the, the most important thing to you that you have to be able to defend is your life. You can't get it back. Even if you survive, even if you survive and someone's raped you, you know, killed off the family, burned the house down and all the crazy things that, that, that we deal with. What's pulling that back? What the, what can the government do to pull that back? What can a police officer do coming over to make a report to pull that back? Nothing. Can't do anything about that. Nothing. You're another you stat. Yeah. So the thing is, is that no matter what the laws are, regardless of the laws, human beings are going to come to that realization. OK, I said it before. Look, if you look at New York City, um, there's all these laws on what you have to do in New York City, but you can pretty much get anything you want there. Because human beings have come to the realization that they're going to do this. The crazy thing about it is they would rather go to the black market and pay more money than say, well, why is it I can't just go to a store and buy this thing? Well, you know, I use CNC machines in my daily operation and that tech is not getting more expensive. It's getting cheaper, cheaper and cheaper. The reality is you can get more stuff online like the 3D printers, the technology they're increasing. It wouldn't. And this is happening everywhere. And I think a lot of European countries are actually starting to kind of realize the dangers of that in terms of the proliferation of freedom and arms. Yeah. So that's so well, that's, I mean, that's why we're going against uh, 3D guns here. Right. Yeah. We're well, doing it here we're criminalizing that. You, it's impossible to enforce. I mean, it's completely impossible to enforce. And you look at Cody Wilson, whatever part of what he was doing was kind of good because it was showing people that you can't stop that. I mean, a gun is a pretty simple mechanical item at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Very simple item to make. Yeah. Probably better for Walter to be on here to explain that. But. Yeah. But no, I think we all realize that we're not talking about this is, you know, <laughs> you know, and these are the, the world ended right now. We could all be, the, you know, we could all invent the next gun. It's not super complicated. It's a barrel. If you want it to be super accurate, rifling. <laughs> <laughs> I think London um, being an example, not only have they been losing a fight against violence uh, since they, they you know, put their stupid gun laws into play. I think they actually just threw in the towel. I'm going to tell you when they threw in the towel. You just threw in the towel when you decided to put what looks like clothing donation boxes for knives on your corners. You lost. <laughs> I no longer even consider you relevant in the conversation. You put knife collection points around your city and the so we could all know where all the knives are <laughs> yeah, the mayor comes out and says there's no reason for anybody to leave the house with a knife are you freaking kidding me so so it started with guns now we have knife collection points on corners where you can turn in your knives because there's no need for anybody because to- you can't walk around with a knife in your pocket you nope. might not need to cut an apple open a box yeah but they also got um, guys running around have someone that's attacking you so they can get up off you <laughs> When I was in London, I think 20, it was either 20, the end of 2013 or the end of 2015, I 
me and my friends were staying in a neighborhood. We got an Airbnb, the cheapest thing there was. It probably wasn't the best neighborhood. We heard around 20 rounds of semi-automatic fire outside of our window. Where was this again? This was in London. Okay. Like Shepherd's Bush or something was the name. Shepherd's of Bush. Okay. I know where that is. Okay. Name of the neighborhood. And uh-huh. we heard about 20 rounds of gunfires, 20 to 30 rounds. Then we heard nothing. Then we heard sirens. And my buddies actually ended up going out to the pub that night later after that. And they saw the uh, first responders driving by with their lights off after that. I looked the news over like crazy the next day, the next couple of days, trying to find, I couldn't find anything reported on that incident. Okay. So stuff is happening there and it's just not making the news. They're squashing it somehow. Yeah, there's plenty of guns in Europe, man. I don't know how they're ever going to get rid of it. They had this whole big thing over there called World War II. <laughs> you know, um, so where, where, for example, in England, they were preparing for the Germans to invade England. So they're always finding guns in walls and buried somewhere. There's lots of but it's not a complicated thing. That's the that's the bottom line here. We're not talking about something that's complicated. And these guys creating all these rules. I don't I, I think ultimately even they know it's not going to stop anything. They're just going to go, well, if that didn't work, we need to add this. We need to add this. And ultimately, I think they want to move in a direction where they're like, listen, you you don't need these guns. First, yeah. they're going to start with you don't need so many. But the thing, then they're going to say you don't need any. The only way I feel like we can win this conversation, though, is to get them to admit the end game. So mm-hmm. how do you do that? Mm-hmm. You know what they have? The sad thing is they, they play really good damage control because when you look at the rallies and some of the more outspoken uh, anti-gun ones, anti-gun people, the more radical ones, they say it and then they censor them. They do. They will flat out. It was a congressman that said it. And then they start censoring each other like, Shh, shut up. Yeah. 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 You know, they do that a lot. Uh, I've seen it was one video I was watching at a rally and this was just a, a, a everyday citizen. But that was like, you know, we're coming to take uh, if you can come if you can come take my body, uh, we can come take your guns or something like that. And at the bottom, it said, and we want them all. Um, and you saw somebody else that was clearly supporting her come over and like trying to take the sign. Like, hey, give me that. We don't shh, too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. They're, they're, they're but there's right. lots of there's lots of evidence. You know, you're right. I think that's true. But there's lots of evidence of Nancy Pelosi, Dianne Feinstein, all these people saying, yeah, we, we you know, we would have total and absolute gun control if we could. But we got to start here. Yeah, but then she's the same person that, that will get on your back and say, but, oh, the police aren't going to the police are wrong and we have to make sure that they start treating people fairly. And it, you you poor creatures, you I, I, more <laughs> Trump Hitler, but you want Trump to enforce gun control. Yeah, um, that's the thing. Absolutely. I mean, we can bring up the abortion thing every single time. Those are human lives. Way more of them are lost. But um, they no one considers that you have to uh, register, have a background check or anything for that. You know, that's not a consideration. K-Rock says the majority of gun owners in New York City would rather spend more money and buy on the black market uh, rather than deal with the city's draconian laws. Or I'm going to add this or get rid of the people that keep creating these draconian laws. New York City, last time I checked, was in America. America has the Second Amendment. You have the right to defend yourself, people, in New York City. The, the reality is there. there's such a cultural divide, though, between them and the more suburban rural areas. How do you bridge that gap? I mean, because, I mean, my I do not come from a very, like, gun family. My dad had a 20-gauge single-shot shotgun for most of his life. 
that he was given by his dad when he was eight, and that was the equivalent of what he owned. He didn't have ammo for it in the house till I was like seven years old. He you know, sat in a rusty closet. Mm-hmm. Um, I got him more into guns later on, but and then my uncle, he's shot a bunch of skeet and stuff, but that how do you so but I was still exposed to guns pretty early on due to friends of the family and that sort of thing. So how do you take somebody that's grown up in New York City their entire life and never been exposed to it, maybe never been outside of the city, and show them where firearms from the sense of what we all use them? Yeah, I don't like, okay, what I would say about your the premise that you're making is that a person in New York City or any inner city out there, any big city in America has not come across guns. They have come across guns. They have not come across guns in the proper educational, safe way. Yeah. And that's what I'm sorry, Kevin. And that's what the world of no other choice is part of what we do. And you know what is interesting when you when you know, especially when I get groups, you get groups of, you know, 10, 12 people at a time and you start taking them off and you see all the light bulbs starting to go off. You know, like, for instance, I was just doing um, I was just doing a workshop with some uh, kids uh, that I put on online about a week and a half ago. I was doing a workshop with these kids and they were all in middle school and uh, we're sitting talking and then they found out, you know, that I was. you know, a gun guy and this kid immediately, so innocently, right? So just, just out the back, like, oh my God, how many people have you shot? <laughs> like, like wanted to know. And then, and then the questions just start coming like, oh, I don't know. I bet don't nobody mess with you because you will pop them. Like, but that's what they've been exposed to. And yeah, they're talking, they're talking about it and they need to have that conversation. That right. So I, I, let them, and I have fun with them. You know, I don't get all serious on them, blah, blah, blah. You know, mm-hmm. we have a time real lighthearted and I just say, hey guys, what if I was to tell you that you could grow up for every, and this is after I reinforce with them everything that they want to be when they grow up, like everything that they envision themselves having. And these kids happen to come from challenging backgrounds. I said, so what do you, what do you guys want to do? I like completely avoided the questions and they start talking about their dreams and aspirations. And I said, so what if you can do all that? How are you going to keep it safe? And then they were like, well, I guess I might have to like get a gun. I said, well, you might have to. Um, and but let's talk about now your lifestyle. Would you just walk outside? One, I think one of them wanted to be a race car driver. So I said, now, would you go out, make all that money driving cars and just walk outside and shoot some dude for walking down the street? Would you just get into an argument and shoot somebody and lose your house and your dreams and all that? They were like, no. I'm like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then you start seeing the light bulbs go off like, Oh, it's real simple. And once, but once they're they're exposed to people, it makes it easier. And that's why I challenge. Um, and everybody can't do it. Everybody's got a different lifestyle. So I'm not like trying to guilt trip people. But for the people that can, you know, you should instead of just arguing politics all the time. That's why I try to tell people, hey man, you can argue politics if you want. But when you get your hands on a group of people, represent what a gun owner is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like do that because you can be infectious. So I think that we need a lot of that even before we get to taking them to shoot. I think gun owners should spend more time just conversing and talking to people to represent a different side of us. And I don't even start the conversations off with guns. Let them get to know you a little bit and then sprinkle it in the conversation. They're like, I've been sitting here next to you and I'm pretty sure you guys have been through this. I've been sitting here next to you for the last 30 minutes and you got a gun. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me you didn't jump like up me. and bite you yet. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, you're pretty cool. And, and then next thing you know, you start building those relationships where they're like, well, I know a couple of people with guns and they don't seem to be that bad and so forth and so on. Right. So we got to start doing more than just taking a shoot. We have to start representing ourselves when we are being misrepresented on social social media and on the news so much. Yeah, and, I agree with that. I think I agree with that. Go ahead, Harrison. 
to a degree, there's also, I think a lot of people want to make gun owners look scary from the gun owner side because they think it'll intimidate the people into not want to take the guns away because they're afraid of the gun owners. When I think it has the exact opposite effect, I think making us the most approachable people there are is what we all need to work on in the community. I know a lot of people disagree with that, but there's certain people that are really, you see, like, I think, uh, like, are you guys familiar with Elena Cardone? No. You remember Grant Cardone, the success coach? Or? Oh, Grant Cardone, yes. Yeah. His wife, she shoots three gun. And, but her Instagram page is mostly like backing up his stuff, motivation, all that. But then every now and then she just peppers in the fact that they have guns and Second Amendment, pro concealed carry, that sort of stuff. We need more people who are frankly closet gun owners to step out and start doing stuff like that. They don't need to be gun pages. They need to be 99% whatever they're doing and then 1% or less guns just to kind of, like you said, have that conversation where people like, yeah, I think, I think there are people that try to do that. They just get shamed every time I saw something about pink and her husband. I think pink's husband was teaching their young daughter about gun safety and marksmanship and stuff like and responsibility, et cetera. And and people shame them for that. Isn't he also highly connected in with like the Republican party and certain GOP? We we need people. I mean, I thought he was like a motocross guy. Yeah. But I think, I don't know. The social circles they run in or something. We need people that are more politically neutral. I I think that people, I think there are lots, look, there's so many people out there that are gun people. Otherwise, why are the biggest movies that make the most money action films? You know, most people are gun people. Most people realize when you look at those things, you see like people are fighting back, defending themselves. This is the great equalizer. People want to be equal. We cannot physically, mentally, uh, you know, in lots of other ways be equal. But this is an equalizer. If you're a little old lady and you're going to go up against some some big, massive guy that's a bully and just wants to beat you into getting your your money out of you or whatever it is. This is the great equalizer. You put some shots in his ass. Well, and I've got to be honest, though, like her husband, a fairly manly man by definition, like you said, in racing motocross. And Mm -hmm. we need people that aren't necessarily that stereotype. Like I think women for the most part. Yeah, I see someone saying that she's like pink as a SJW and anti-Trump and all that kind of stuff. And uh, look, but I think that those people realize they have to defend themselves. Everyone has to defend themselves for for their different reasons. Uh, First of all, let me just like give some shout outs because I think we're missed. There's a whole bunch of people. We're like very caught up in our conversation. So I want to shout out some people out there. Um, I see C4 defenses out there. He, he was saying what's up to us. Um, lots of people. Lots of people are coming in from the um, Joe Rogan head on Alex Jones. Don't tell anyone. I have not seen it yet. I've only heard with. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. List all the way home. <laughs> yeah. So people, some people are coming off of that. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I saw, I was like, what? Alex Jones, <laughs> Alex Jones up on Joe Rogan. I'm sure that was, I peaked at that before we started. I think they had 175,000 people watching live. I don't know if we have, I don't know if we have 175 people watching this. I hope we do. And thanks to everyone who is. But, but um, give you a shout out right before the end of the show. Huh? I said maybe Alex gave you a shout out right before the end. I don't know. It's possible, but uh, I'm pretty sure Alex Jones has no idea who I am. Um, I, I, they were, they had 55,000 thumbs ups when I was watching it. Ooh, yeah, 55,000. I heard. I wasn't there, so I don't know. But the way I got wind of it is, is Rogan was saying something uh, anti-gun. Um, so that's that's how I heard of it. Rogan? Yeah, yeah, that's what I heard. I haven't watched it. Rogan's that guy who you could sit there and if he's talking to guys like uh, 
who am I thinking about? What was, I'm sorry. What was it you said Rogan said? I don't know what he said. I just heard that he was saying something that was anti-gun on the show. Who, Rogan? Okay. R- Rogan's typical anti-gun quote is, well, you have to be licensed to own a car, so you should be licensed to own a gun. And I'll make an argument. I can go buy a car, not registered to drive on the road, not drive on the road, and I can buy cars all day long and just stack and pull in an empty barn. Yeah, that's uh, damn insurance is so high because people yeah. – <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, remember, I mean, uh, Joe Rogan is um, Joe Rogan lives in L.A. Yeah. But, you know, and he's not a conservative or all that kind of stuff. He's uh, and he's also not, um, you know, I think he's a good guy. I look I look at the podcast. I enjoy it. Uh, but I don't think he's not one of the people who's fully on our side. You know, I don't think he's very well educated on the subject, to be honest with you. Prob- probably not. I don't think he understands what's happening out there um, necessarily from our point of view. But I think he understands some of it. I think he's somewhere there in the middle. And he doesn't just doesn't realize that, um, you know, it, these people are not coming for just the bad guys. No matter how much we talk about this, I don't think none of these none of these laws are aimed against bad guys, by the way. Right? So they're not coming for the bad guys. What they're what they're coming for is anyone who wants to legally have guns. So regardless of where you're at on that scale, like if Joe Rogan thinks, oh it's crazy, you got all these, you know, you've got all these um guns you don't really need to do that the thing is is eventually they're going to come they're going to come take the they want to take those away from everyone and then they're going to regulate what everyone is going to have including joe rogan they're going to go yeah you can't make so much money you can't have this many cars you can't smoke this much weed (laughs) i'll be completely honest based off the conversations he's had and his what his knowledge of uh california gun laws seem to be i wouldn't stand a guess that uh it's kind of like the ashton kutcher thing where he bought a gun in a parking lot in california I guess a lot of the guns Joe owns may or may not be California legal or on the books there. I, I'm, he doesn't seem to be very uh, aware yeah. of how strict the laws are in California when he speaks. Yeah. On. And I don't think he's super interested in that. I mean, I know I watched the whole show when he had um, when he had Colin Noir on, which I thought was a good show. Um, but, I, you know, they listen, I watched the show where he had um, uh, what, what's the name of the guy from um, Tesla? Elon Musk. He had yeah. Elon Musk on and he said, Elon, oh, you tell me which Tesla I need to get. You just tell me and I will go order it. So I watched when he had on Colin Noir, gun guy. He never said, oh, you know what, Colin, just tell me like what guns, what, what features do I need? How many magazines? Because I think ultimately he would like to think that he's a libertarian and, and he believes in people being able to have these things. But I don't think he really fully believes in that. I don't think he really sees it that way, but that does, you know, whatever. It's, it's I, I one of those things, you know? I don't think he knows what he believes because I think he goes and listens to all his uh, L.A. comic friends and they're saying one thing. And the next thing you know, he's on a hunt with uh, Cameron Haynes and all these, you know, world-class bow hunters. And he's hearing a different thing. Stephen Ranella and all those sort of guys. I mean, Stephen Ranella on his podcast had, they were talking about trying to get the Hearing Protection Act through. So, and he, he hasn't come out completely. Stephen Ronella, from everything I can tell, seems to be very pro-gun. He doesn't understand why you can't buy a handgun at 16 in high school because that's what he did, not knowing it was against the law at the time. So yeah. uh, it, I think we all specialize, so that's the big problem. Okay, C- Sarge from C4 Defense is asking us to ask you guys to go uh, sub his channel 
go subscribe to his channel. He's there in the chat right now. If you see him, you can just click on his name and that'll take you through his channel. He's trying to get to 1700 by tomorrow. So if you can, if you folks haven't done that, please uh, go out there and uh, subscribe to Sarge from C4 Defense. If you have not done that already. Uh, and thanks in advance to everyone out there. Um, let me see. I, I know that there's been like, there's a, there's a bunch of people in here that I don't always see in here. Uh, listen, not everyone gets deep into these subjects like we do, you know? So, I mean, I think that's why people come here when they want certain information, uh, you know, we're specialized. So if you want to find out about jujitsu or something like that, and all, or if you want to find out about all the different kinds of weed you could smoke, you might listen to Joe Rogan. I listen to him sometimes because I think he has good conversations, but you know, um, I, I don't, I wouldn't listen to Joe Rogan or a lot of those guys out there when it comes to gun stuff, to be honest with you. Um, look, I know louder, louder than Crowder does a little bit more, but they don't talk about really about, you know, they don't really get into gun things either. So uh, same thing with Alex Jones. Um, I've never really, I don't know. Maybe you guys have seen him do that. I don't know. Yeah, I've seen uh, that. I've seen him go to bat for guns. I've seen um, Steve. But I'm talking about talking about like specific guns, like to show that oh, he's actually. Like, hey, did you go buy this? No, no, no. Not the models and stuff like yeah. that. Uh, yeah. Alex Jones had uh, a company called Legion Firearms on their show with their sense. It was probably a big advertising thing. They probably paid a bunch of money to get on the show. They're now they've they've been out of business for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, Tight T gave us five bucks. He says Rogan is a FUD. Face it. I don't know much about the man. I know he can fight. I mean, I've taken, I've, I've met him before. We, we, we even took a, a couple of pictures together, chatted it for uh, two seconds and uh, walked away. Uh, so I don't pretend to know him uh, besides, you know, what everybody else knows about him. And I've listened to a show. Maybe I probably watched five or six episodes. Obviously, obviously I watched one with the war on it. Um, I don't know. I, I think he's a middle of the road kind of guy. So I haven't listened to what he said today. And I never even heard that quote Harrison just said that he said, I, that was the first time I heard that. So I don't know. I find it interesting, but, there's another thing that I think we have to be careful about, too. When somebody I know we categorize them easily as being anti-gun and I'm not just picking on Rogan. It could be it could be your next door neighbor. But when somebody is uh, minus the education and information, but they're somewhat on our side, we got to treat those people real careful. I think minus the education information describes uh, Rogan 100 percent. But I think that describes a lot of people. I think that I think what Kevin is saying is most people are in that pool. We don't want to like, you know, scare people away by going, you don't you're calling it a clip. Damn you. It's a magazine. They get all crazy when, you know, people we like we really think that the whole world thinks the way that we do. Even in America, we are really in the minority people. I think you have to understand that there's people in America that may have a gun. They don't know that much about it. And a lot of in a lot of cases it's because of the laws and things like that around them. They maybe didn't buy it legally. So, you know, they're afraid to look into it and find out about, you know, what this gun is and how it works. And they definitely don't go out there and get into guns as much as we do. So, yeah, I think that's something that you do have to value. Um, not all of these guys are like that. Ultimately, because they're more universal. There's more people that look at them and the things that they do than that look at us. That's one of the problems that we have here when we're trying to get people to wake up and realize that they are losing their rights as we speak. Right. Because people are like, well, I don't understand what you're saying. Well, they want it. You know, the problem. I, one thing I've noticed about people that don't even keep up with anything that's going on when it comes to uh, to, to, to gun rights 
it amazes me. And I've, I've seen it happen when they're like, oh, and I was talking to a couple guys in California, like, oh, I'm going to go buy. I'm like, no, you're not. Like, what do you mean? No, I'm not. Like, you can't do that. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, no, you can't. And the people that you put in office said so. I'm like, what? I'm like, yeah, congratulations. You know, like it's it's a people don't people don't take it seriously until they decide to go do something and they can't do it. You don't take it serious that, hey, I'm, I'm a really, really fit person. I don't drink 32 ounce sodas a lot. But you know what? Today, damn it. I want me a super goat. I want the biggest soda they got. I want all the sugar and caffeine. And then somebody tells you, yeah, it's going to be another dollar and 50 cent for tax on that. Oh, and you can't drink it all strong. Mm hmm. Yeah, you know, like, that's when you find out about your rights when you get denied them, right? Yeah, then everybody gets upset. Yeah, um, cool. Alec F one says uh, it's uh, it's why I've said gun tubers need to hook up with someone like Glenn Beck, Beck's Blaze Network. I've said the same thing to Glenn as well. Uh, there's RJ as well. I'm not sure who exactly R, uh, RJ is, but you know what the thing is? I think that this is the reason why you actually need to support publicly the gun tubers that you like, because the problem in the whole world is that if you're not big, people aren't going to pay attention to you. That's one of the things I think that, you know, Colin Noir got to that level where Joe Rogan was like, wait a second, we need to get Colin Noir over here to get Glenn Beck's attention. The people that you're talking about, um, need to be big enough to get these people's attention. That's just the, w the way that it works. So if 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 you've got gun tubers out there that you like, but they don't have enough of a following to get these people's attention and make them feel like, oh, we're going to have this guy come on and actually get into these kinds of conversations. And I don't, you know, that's why you're not seeing it happen. We have to get there first. The reality is getting Glenn Beck on the, uh, getting a t the attention of Glenn Beck is kind of useless. Because you're preaching to the choir at that point. You're, his viewers are all already in that base. You're more, you've got a better chance of honestly converting somebody like Bill Maher, or at least getting to have a conversation with him. I know Coleon Nord did some stuff. Okay. Bill's I mean, I would disagree with you on that. I don't think I think that Glenn Beck's audience, or um, you know, even uh, even uh, what's his name, Alex Jones. I don't I, I don't agree with you. I think most of these people's there's look, there's a lot of people out there that say they're Republicans and say they're conservatives and they believe in the Second Amendment. They don't know shit about the Second Amendment well, and they don't understand like guns. When the bump stock thing comes, they're all for it because Trump's the one pushing it. Mm -hmm. I, I agree with that to a point, but I think bigger picture we have to think bump stock thing i hated that, that went through but ultimately we're fighting a bigger fight here with you know universal background checks mm -hmm. frankly that's a complete culture war that really we're probably losing right now yeah i think it's going to be one yeah hold on a couple things tight t gave us five bucks he said he's a bow hunting fud spelled it right he put two d's he put double d in there and stand okay. it this time, uh, yeah, I'm not a fud, so I wouldn't know these things. Okay. Um, yeah, you know what? I think that I, here's what I found. I found lots of people. I've been here locally and in other places where the people are like, yeah, man, I'm a Republican. I'm a conservative. I believe in the Second Amendment. I'm like, cool. When do you go shooting? Oh, you know, I, I've never really gone shooting before. You know, and so I think that we think that that all of these people who fall into this category are like us and they're not. You know, someone else was saying that they have seen like Glenn Beck had gun guys on and all that. I don't know if he does or he doesn't at, at this time. But we we need to be able to. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think we just need to be able to talk to those people 
and maybe get more people into into this thing, then they understand it, I think, better. When they actually when you actually exercise a right, that's when I think you start to understand it. Because it's like Kevin says it all the time, and I've heard other people say it. If you actually go shooting and you realize, oh, this is fun. You know, this is a fun, cool thing that I could do. Now you're the everything starts turning in your brain and you realize, oh wait, I'm I might lose this. I might not be able to do this. This is gonna get restricted. And I think a lot of those people don't do that. Go ahead. I'm sorry, uh, I, I think you wanted to come in there, Harry. Say something. Uh, I, I lost my point, frankly. <laughs> Harrison's drunk. I think when no. people we're getting a little distracted, there's a bunch of things going through. I, I, I a bunch of things that, going through the chat. Uh-huh. Got to focus on on the big picture, man. And although I I totally get whoever said that about Glenn Black and the Blaze, I totally get why they said it. I, I understand. I, I get it. Uh, but I've always been a fan of. Uh, going into going to the places that you know we necessarily don't belong, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, and I will I will you know I will tell people it, it really is the voice of the people. So I've had the privilege on being on TV and being in some of these rooms and uh, talking to people and being on the cover of magazines and all that crap. And you know it's it's those are the rooms we need to be in. Like it's it's great to be with the people that agree with us because every audience can always learn something, get rejuvenated with a different voice. And yes, those things are needed. Uh, but when you walk into those rooms where you are not expected, you know, and you're not the you're not wearing the uh, Mona Wave shirt and you're just a dude, you're like you're just sitting there. You're just a girl. You're just sitting there uh, having a good time. And when you start engaging in those tough conversations and the tough rooms, they start seeing the calm fortitude, if you will of a gun owner. Uh, they start seeing the uh, uh, image that is not like what's seen on TV with the sleeve and the big beard and stuff like that. Um, and when they see that, it humanizes you and it calms, it calms them down. Tell It really does. And they have to start then questioning themselves about, okay, so what have I been saying about this person that I now like? What have I been saying about somebody who actually just stands up for something that they believe in? Um, and those rooms are where the the tough work is done and the, the, the hearts have changed. I know I stood in a room I put up about a year, a year ago, year and a half ago. Uh, it's a video I put up on YouTube called Into the Lion's Den, where I stood in a meeting with 30 anti-gun politicians and me. And that was it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I put the camera down like it was like a, a hit, like they didn't know. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. You know? And because I wanted people to see what the actual conversation is. And after I, you know, just had a conversation with those people. You you could hear questions like, well, let me just ask very easy to answer questions, non-confrontational. And now those people want me to come to all their community events. They want me to come speak to the kids like they want me to be involved, not because I'm so special, but they got to see a different side of what a gun owner is. And I didn't go in there yelling and hooping and hollering and yelling two way or die or any of that. I just went in and talked, stood on my morals, stood on my principles. I don't back down, but I had a very calm engagement. And now they want me involved in the community. They want me at their events and so forth and so on. And so now if I got 30 of those individuals to now give me access to 30,000, how many of those people can we affect, right? And then those 30, you get, say you get 300 out of the 30,000 and they go talk to five people. And that's how we do it. Yeah. You know what the problem is with that, Kevin? You know what the problem is with that? I'm, I'm, I'm it's, not, it's not the sexy work, man, but it's the work that needs to be done. 
it's not. It's not, it's not the sexy work, but you're right. We, we, we need to do that. That's the thing that needs to happen so that people actually have like an actual understanding of what's going on here and not headlines or sound bites. True. Well, and I hate to keep on going back to Rogan's show, but did you guys see the one with Killer Mike? Or did you? Yeah, yeah I saw that one. Yeah, yeah. I saw it. Yeah. yeah. I, I think something like that, when you, the thing is, when you get on a large platform like that, and you have somebody who is not calling on the war, you know, he's a 100% gun guy, per se. Hank, you're mm-hmm. a 100% gun guy. Kevin, mm-hmm. same thing as how you're seen. Mm-hmm. Get somebody like that that is like a 10% gun guy, they just have so much more power than us. I, you are 100% right. And you know what the funny thing is, when if you see, like I remember when the whole, so here's my perspective with Killer Mike thing. First of all, huge fan of Run the Jewels, right? RTJ, I'm a huge fan of that of that group that Killer Mike was in. Then I saw that uh, Killer Mike and Colin Noir had some kind of thing, and I found out about it because of, of, of the controversy, and it got kind of like blown out of proportion. So I saw what, like, I think uh, Noir re- re- uh, released the whole interview yeah, so you I- can see the conversation they had. A lot of people need to go look at that to see what actually was said. And then Killer Mike backed off of things because, um, you know, there's a lot of pressure on him in the industry. This is a guy that's making money, all that kind of stuff. He backed off of stuff. And I was mad about it. But if you actually sit down and listen to him talk, there's a lot of things I don't agree with. But I think when it comes to the Second Amendment, he's like, I'm not I don't want to give up my right to have guns. And that's the important thing that people need to take away from that. Now there's other stuff in there. Like, you know, he's a socialist. He's a little bit crazy. There's other things that he goes off into, but the important thing to think about that is that is an entertainer, a a, a black person out there who is saying, yeah, we don't need to ever give up our rights for guns. And I think that's the important, we cannot, we can't try to make that guy into us. We, like that part of it is what everyone needs to realize that there's someone coming from a completely different point of view that says, no, we don't we don't need to give that up. The, well, something to think about, though, is how do we get more people like him to come out? Like, look at Post Malone. He's a gun guy, but it's difficult. He's not. Man. He's not and I don't know if he's necessarily the best. He's not. the most. Particular. But it's difficult because Killer Mike took blows. I mean, yeah. and probably took them from all sides because like, I remember being mad at him. I was like, why the hell is this guy not? Uh, why is he backing down and not, you know, standing up for his conversation with Colin and all that kind of stuff? Well, you know, if there's a million dollars, anyone out there can say whatever they want. When there's a million dollars involved in this conversation, we you know, when. When there's people that you have to like are giving you shows and doing this thing and doing that thing, you might want to go, okay, let me just, <laughs> well, let you me know, just pacify these people. I wouldn't do it, but if you're in his position, we can't say to that guy, no, man, you have to like forget all those shows. You don't need the shows because we're not going to go buy his albums. We're not going to go see his concerts. I, th- I think that when you look at stuff like that, you know, I actually had this conversation with somebody, uh, in my uh, inbox, it's a, it's a guy I know. And we were talking about um, the conversation essentially started with him saying, you know, it's easy for uh, for a business like yours, since you're small, to say what you won't do uh, when it comes to, you know, supporting certain things or getting in bed with certain politicians and things like that. He said, if you were a multimillion dollar company, you might have to look at that differently. And I told him, I said, well, no, I won't. Because these are the morals that I'm based off of. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think if you don't and I'm based off that and that's just what I operate with. But I think if you step into something and it's not your foundation, it's easy to flip. Like if I all of a sudden start playing a guitar 
And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm kind of good at this guitar thing. And they're like, oh, okay, he's kind of cool. We feature him on, he, he rocks out on the guitar. And somebody says, hey, dude, I'll give you $3 million if you start playing the trombone. Well, trombone's <laughs> yeah. delicious right now, you know? Like, because it's not my foundation. I don't have the same right, right. attachment to it. Yeah. Um, I think when you have um, a love and attachment to things, it's a little bit harder to sell out just for, you know, feasible finances. But then it, that depends on the 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 morals and the character of the individual. Me personally, I wouldn't. Um, but I can't speak for everybody because money is the root of all evil. It will have people doing crazy things. You know, I've never looked at a, a, a $7 million contract. Never have. But I believe that if you put a seven, I'm, 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 I'm firm on, if you put a $7 million contract on in front of me and said, you have to trade your morals. Right. So if, if you're saying, if Bloomberg comes to you, He's offering you, forget about seven, 70 million, 70 million. Mm. to say that we don't need the Second Amendment. I know mm. where you're going to be at, man. I do. I know where you're going to be at. You're going to say hell no. Yeah, I'm going to say hell no. And I'm still going to ask him for at least seven dollars. Like, give me yeah. something. You know, <laughs> give me something. And then, I'll, and I'll, then I'll, for the <laughs> and I look, I, I am for, for the rest of your life, your, your wife is going to remind you of that. But I'm with you, man. I'm not, this is how I feel about the second amendment, because I could easily take my skills and my abilities and go do anything else and make money. Well, I think you also, I think what you were talking about, Kevin, about how people have a love and a passion for some things, but it's not necessarily, I think you might've been going there. It's not necessarily their main gig. Right. So you have somebody like when it comes to politics, Harry's holsters does not get political when it gets outside of the second amendment to a degree. There's been some stuff touched on here, but it's not a good policy for my company to get political outside of that. Yep. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. is it really a good idea? I mean, you got to give somebody credit like killer Mike who goes out and may not fully understand an issue, but then starts talking about it. Like it, it yeah. we have to, we have to give him credit because we don't, it can't just be us. You need the killer Mike's or the post Malone's you need the basketball players and the football players and those guys who do support the second amendment. You need them to say, look, I, I I'm a Democrat or whatever, but I support this thing. Now, if, now I get it. What everyone's going to say, well, if you keep voting for Democrats, you're not going to have it, but you need people to start that and start on that path so that they eventually come over you know, to, to realizing this, that's, like, th that's what it's going to take. Shaquille O'Neal is a legit freaking gun guy. I mean, he's taking multiple classes with Kyle DeFore. He's a sheriff. Yeah. He's a, yeah. in uh, in Florida somewhere or deputy, is he, like, is he a deputy or sheriff? How, I can't. how do we seek like, but even then it's something that we know, but it's not something the mass public knows. So how do you get these guys and think about it, he's retired. I mean, he really doesn't have a lot to, I guess he can lose some endorsements and stuff here and there, but how do you get somebody's going to walk away from Shaq? He's a he's a cash cow. Yeah. So how do you get more people like him and him to come out more publicly about these things and maybe be a little more maybe not have it doesn't do any good to have them sitting on the nightly news doing their little three minute slot where they're going to slaughter them, where they're going to edit it and make it look make them look horrible. But what it did his Instagram show a few more pictures of him hog hunting or something. I don't you have to be able to draw the celebrity out. And so, you know, I think that a lot with and I'll, I'll just make it about me for a second. You know, when you're when you're doing community outreach and you're you're advocating for civil rights and you're being seen in that light, it puts you in a different sphere of people. Right. Because now um, you have that that activists in all kind of areas that want to reach out and talk and blah, blah, blah. So in the last 
four months, I think I've been in DM conversations with five or six entertainers. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gotten boxers, uh, legit world champion boxers following me now because they're, they didn't come for the guns. They came for the other things. Me just showing, you know, oh, they somehow identified with you. Yeah. And they were like, Oh, yeah. look at this dude. He's okay. Yeah. He's in the guns, but you see pictures of me with kids. You, it is, it is, we are, I am showing them guys. We aren't different. Right. And I might not have the millions you have, you know, but I'm still a hard worker. I still have, I came from a, the same neighborhood. A lot of you guys came from. I just happen to be a guy that believes in all civil rights. And I know that I can't protect the stuff we all work hard for if I let people take my guns. And I think that's what we need. But that's what we need right there, though. Don't you think it draws them in? They're like, oh, yeah. And I think that's why a lot of the the bigger entertainers like um, you look at a Bill Maher and uh, you look at a Joe Rogan. They don't mind having Noir on their show. Obviously, he you know, he speaks well and he he can he can hold a debate. He's good for TV because he can debate very well. Uh, but at the same time, look, I mean, he's he's not aggressive. He's not what you would assume a gun owner is. So they're like, I'll just do like cars and jewelry. And he's just a guy, you know, and so it, it makes it makes him easier to appeal to. Um, and that's the same thing I did with the community outreach and activism. You got to have the young black hipsters. That's all right. I mean, you know, it, I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. we have we have to be able Terrence, and we have to be able to to totally get outside of. And that's why I tease people. I do it all in fun. I'm like, all right, dudes, how many how many how many tap rack track videos and quick draw videos are we going to do? You know, I'm like, when are you going to do something else? Show put up put up images. I'm not going to ever tell people to put their kids up because that's a personal thing in private. But let me just see you hanging out at the Burger Shack. Let me see you and your wife do a funny video like let's Just make it humanize it more. And then you will see people will start to become comfortable because they every time they click on you and go look for you, they aren't always seeing you just doing something with a gun. If they can see you as a person first, they're more likely, and that's the conversations I've been having. They are more yeah. likely, like one rapper told me in the in the private chat, he was like, uh, as soon as we're in the same city, let's sit down and have lunch and take this offline because I can't afford to have this conversation publicly. You know, mm-hmm. but they're willing to take the risk to have the conversations because they see the human first. I think the more we do that, the more we do that, the more, whether it's public or not, I think maybe it's probably better if it's in the beginning, if it's private, but even if it's public of you taking that rapper out on the range and showing him like some, he may even own that gun, but he doesn't really understand everything about how it works and all that kind of, the more we see that and people start realizing that it's acceptable in the culture to have guns, go to the range, understand safety, shoot these guns, and incredibly importantly, understand the rights connected to it. I think that's the stuff that you do. That's the stuff I've seen Maj doing, you know, of telling people, you want to know what's going on with this? You're you're about to vote away this right for this thing. And, you know, I think the more people do that, then the more we can normalize the culture and this little tiny thing that we have that we know about, we can normalize it. And one day you can get someone in a rap song saying, yeah, it's a magazine, not a clip. (laughs) You know, it could happen. But we have to be patient. We have to make the sacrifice. We have to keep working on it and going in that in that direction. And we need multiple people. We're not going to be able to do it with just Colin Noir or just Maj Ture or, you know, just Kevin Dixie, just Hank Strange. We need more and more people to do this. And, you know, and then eventually it will become normalized and people will realize, oh, OK, this is this is an acceptable, safe thing that we could do. Noir did have one of the most popular guys out right now at the range shooting the advocate, uh, Lil Duval. 
Little Duval, okay. Yeah, he had him out at the range shooting a gun, and you could definitely tell he was he was new to to what he was yeah. doing. And it was a pretty cool video to watch because you can really see how new yeah. he was and green he was. Yeah. Was uh, that after uh, he had Vlad TV on? Because I like the fact when he had the guy from Vlad uh, DJ, DJ Vlad from mm-hmm. Vlad TV that they he did something with him. He did some interviews, but he also. I saw some footage where he had him out at the range and was showing him some guns and stuff like that. And that's an L.A. guy, right, that's pretty big in hip-hop in terms of news. He's like TMZ for hip-hop. That's the kind of thing that we need to see because eventually and – and he owns guns. Vlad TV owns guns, but a lot of time he's on, a lot of times he's on the other side. This is how we need to get these guys to come over and realize like, oh – these aren't things that are, you know, they, they can be destructive, but these aren't things that we should give up the rights for. Right. Now, yeah. something I'm going more tactics here. But when you're when you're having these conversations with these people, Kevin, have you ever thought? All right, so are they are you in the process of converting them, per se, or showing them the light or do they already see it? And I always just try to answer questions. Yeah. I don't know. how yeah. Kevin looks are. It is more of a, you know, if they're if they're reaching out to you, they're already curious about something, right? Yeah. It's already that curiosity. So it's more just fielding the questions, and it's it's not having a motive at all. It's more of just, yeah. hey, okay, you're curious, you want to talk, cool, and and they get to talking. And you know, one thing that I that I will I will I will humbly say that I think I do is I, I just bring a different perspective. I say things in a different way. Like I never thought about it like that before. I was like, and I don't need you to come to a conclusion now. Just think, yeah. you know, just. Just think, dude. And and then I, I make sure and I make it a point after they're done asking their, their questions, I make it a point to ask them questions. Hey, yeah. how, you know, when, did you ever feel like quitting or, you know, how, how do you feel being so successful? Just making it personal because then they always want to boomerang back and feel like, hey, I want to ask you something else, you know, yeah, and then yeah. just keep going down the road. And then what I've seen happen with popular people and, and everyday people is they'll, they'll be like, you know what? Not only did that make sense, but now that I think about it, this 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 person over here I've been supporting said the exact opposite. And mm-hmm. so, like one person mm-hmm. said, well, I've been voting against my own self-interest. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't even have to. I'm just I like I like, this is my favorite emoji. This one, like, yeah, you know. And then you start seeing because I tell people if I you won't defend my conclusions, right? You won't go to bat for me if if I give you a conclusion. You might be like, I kind of agree with him, but but if I give you just enough information to connect the dots and you make the conclusion, you'll fight for that. You'll defend that, right? So I try to give people just enough information where it's easy for them to draw their own conclusion. So when when they start having these aha moments, these epiphanies, it's kind of like, wow, I've been I've been kind of going against my own self-interest. And they go out and they then start challenging the people that they have access to to say, you've been fooling me. This isn't everything you said it was. And there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what is the firearms rack? He says, man, look at the handsome Bible salesman. But he says that at Henry's holsters, which I know is not oh, you. He, he's playing a joke, I think, with the yeah. Henry holster thing. Yeah, I he, know. He, the yeah. Bible salesman's kind of an inside joke. I know. Is that about you? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Listen. What about me? Yeah. You know what I try to do? I, I think I approach people whenever I meet them the same way. Like, for example, when I go to the barbershop, I talked about that. Um, somehow it comes up. The barbershop is a really good place. It's a it's an incubation chamber for a lot of things. But it's always comes up of what I do. You know, my barber will tell people because I've talked to my barber about it. He's come out to my range, shot with me. He's now a gun guy. He's a gun owner. So he shares that with people. And what I try to do, like Kevin is saying, is just answer people's questions. Or maybe they, they want to, you know, if I can show you something 
uh, cool in a safe way, I will do that. A lot of times I just try to show people videos. I think we have to be really careful when we're showing people things that we have on us that are loaded and stuff like that. So I try to show them videos and things like that and try to pull that string of, oh, this is cool. You mean I can I can actually have this thing or do this thing or what happened with that? And the more people start to process stuff naturally, the better. I think regular people out there like things that way. They don't want to be preached to, but especially people who have notoriety, they're used to everyone wanting something from them. Yep. And if you're going to approach them by, hey, I want you to help blow me up because I'm a gun guy, you know, and you need to introduce me to the hip hop world or this thing, you're going to have a tough time. Instead of if you just answer questions for them, then they start to realize that you, you're not really trying to get anything from them that you don't want to get from anyone else. Yeah, you're and it. That's the Hank, you bring up a very good point, because that is a slippery slope. Like, yeah, if we have to talk and we happen to talk publicly, dude. You really you're really getting some out of this as far as notoriety, like you need me more than I need you in a sense of popularity. Right. Mm-hmm. So they, they obviously have to be very careful with that. You, that's a very good point. Very. Yeah. Good point. And you don't want them. I think that's what almost happened with with Colin Noir and Big Mike. I'm not saying Colin did it because of that. I think that they they were just cool and they were having a conversation. And then somehow they decided to roll a camera on that. And it almost like ruined his. What is the point of us to have this guy ruined? behind well, us trying to make a point, you know? I hate to say it, but look at the Candace Owens, uh, Kanye thing. Where <laughs> I think yeah, that went bad. Fit. And I don't necessarily think that was Kanye's fault. I was, I think he was being used essentially. And because, and they, versus just letting an honest conversation occur, they try to manipulate the conversation. They hurt themselves in the end. Yeah. And, and ultimately maybe you lose Kanye growing in this direction because whenever you realize, oh, everyone has their thing here and they're trying to get something from me. That's not what we want to do to the world. We want people to realize that I'm, this is really something that's for them. I'm going to cover up his picture because I, I'm not going to put him out there. So but this is I don't know if you guys can see that. Can you see that screen? The top message? Mm hmm. Yeah. Or oh, that says basically he's saying I'm paraphrasing because I can't see it, but he says, love the movement. Keep doing your thing, brother. That is from a world class boxer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, and and then you even see me at the bottom like, oh, man, thanks for the love. Now I'm following you back. You know, like mm-hmm. that's and you didn't see I didn't start chit chatting. That's I didn't go into. Oh, my God, let's talk about guns. No, no. Cool. You dig it. Cool. So I know you're watching. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's just keep doing that. You guys are paying attention. He was like, number five. Let's just keep doing that and let's just keep it going and keep it going. Because if they I know me, uh, my small level and I'm pretty sure, Harry, you make hosts and Hank, you're, you're, you're a public figure. So I know you go through it, too. How many people have you encountered that, you know, from the moment they say hello to you, they want something from you? That's yeah. about. It they, puts you on defensive immediately. <laughs> you know, it's like and you're, you're kind of like even at our level, you're kind of like. Jesus Christ. You know, can you imagine having 10 million followers? And, somebody but like I could tell you this. I could tell you this, Harrison. I mean, I think it's a good question that you brought up and we're, we're talking about stuff like that's things we should be talking about. But we're talking about this because I think it's a good point. And this is the thing I think that we all need to realize when we're talking here, whatever it is we're doing. I try to maintain this. If you think that there's not some huge rapper or actor or 
Rockstar or whoever it is out there looking at this, you don't know who's looking at this. We yeah. create these things, we put it in the world, and we don't know who's actually looking at it. Yeah. And if if our first thing is to always beat up on them, we're always going to push them away because people, they, this is an anonymous thing. If you want to know about guns, at some point there's rappers out there that are rapping about guns that when they, they come to a serious understanding, maybe they have a near miss where they almost do something um, accidentally with a gun to someone they care about or themselves, there's something that's going to happen to them and they're going to go, you know what, maybe I need to look at some videos on YouTube about how to do this. And they're going to come across people and then they're going to start following those people. So we, you know, we need to think about that every time we open up our mouths and we're out there doing things that when you put it out into this universe, you don't know who is listening and watching and paying attention to us. Now, you know, another thing too, another problem uh, in general and with, and even, and I'll say it even within the gun community, um, you know, if that's the thing, I think that we don't know how to acknowledge ourselves as being something outside of just gun people. We don't even know how to do it. Like, we'll be like, hey, you're, you're a cool gun guy. I'm like, dude, uh, okay. <laughs> you know, like, yes, that is definitely a part of me. Absolutely. Um, but it's not the only thing I do. And I think that even we have, like, you know how many very, very intelligent people we have that whether they're just, you know, the guys watching the screens or the guys on the screens that there are that do and like currently do a lot of other cool stuff, you know, oh, but, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that as a whole, we don't we don't congratulate that enough. Like I know uh, I got a few guys that I follow that are that are gun guys, but they're artists. So they paint all the time. Like they'll do lives with them just painting pictures. I find that stuff pretty cool. And, you know, and when I can, I try to support or donate or, you know, uh, save up some money. Their art's not cheap necessarily. It's uh, <laughs> oh, 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 pricey. Um, but when you when you, when I'm looking at it, I'm like, man, this is cool. And we should support people in our other endeavors uh, because we need to start seeing ourselves as just more than gun people. And you kind of sound like you're you're going against the grain when you say that, because people are like, all I want to do is see fast reload videos. Slow mo videos. Feed me, Seymour. Like, we just want the same stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but if we keep feeding the same stuff and we don't diversify, we are going to die. Well, this is something I want to kind of bring up for everybody watching. Uh, There's a guy I follow who's from Norway, and he has a cooking page. So I'm not sure. Hold on. Let me lock it on you here. Hold on. Boom. Ragnarok Norge. Yep, that guy cooks. how you pronounce that? Oh. Cooks some. Making me hungry. Yeah, uh, his page will do that. But the deal I is, saw meat. he doesn't post <laughs> guns on his page. I think he might have posted two or three. But what he does is he shoots, he reloads, and this is in Norway. Okay. He has 15, he has a 1911, has a couple of different guns, and he'll post videos and his stories about that. It's non permanent. So somebody following his timeline is going to follow, lo- or somebody going to follow him. They're going to go look at his uh, page and they're going to follow him. Might not be a gun guy at all, but then they see this guy who's making this awesome food and they're having awesome interactions in the comments. And then they see like one out of every a thousand pictures they see from him is gun related. And they see, oh, this guy shoots. He has like these two nice little kids, a nice wife, and great family life. It really humanizes the whole gun thing. And I think, I think yeah, out in the sidebar that has any kind of maybe you've got a cooking blog or uh, cooking is one of my interests. So I could maybe you have a makeup tutorial blog or something. If you have that kind of following or even locally, try to put that stuff in your story on like Facebook now has a story feature on it. If you shoot or something, put that in your story. Even 
if uh, it might cause, it's not going to cause the debate posting a post on Facebook will that you might be trying to avoid, but putting a story up will probably might get people to see the human side of guns, see the human side of all of us. Yeah, that's why you'll see, you know, you'll see as the the stranger holics have dubbed uh, have dubbed her cuteness. You know, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, you'll see my 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 little my baby girl running around. I mean, my twelve year old son, and and we we do different things. We talk about different things. A lot of times when she's on, it's just funny. They've been in like some of my sale advertisements for hats. Um, uh, me and my son have had conversations on cameras about responsibility. You see me at the uh, at the, the the breakfast table with a lot of kids in my family, and we're sitting there. You know, we sit there. We sat there with an AR smack dab in the middle of the table, and we prayed together. So America got to see that, and then we just sat and we had a conversation. Sometimes we're having conversations about guns, but a lot of times we're having conversations about responsibility, being a responsible, good person. And, and that's what people should see, you know, and, and I think that sometimes and I'm, I'm speculating here, I have no proof of this, but I really think that a lot of gun people, whether it be male or female, get caught up in being cool. They just want to be cool. Right. And cool ain't going to win this fight. It's not you can still be cool and still be active and, and show a different side of things. A war is strategic and make no doubt about it. You are in a war. And if a war means that you have a greater chance of winning and sometimes, you know, showing yourself, like you said, doing a cook, cooking some stuff or just laughing with friends about something random, just enjoying life. People can gravitate. I mean, you look at the people with the largest following that might not be celebrities like movie stars, but just social media popularity. Some of their stuff is just goofy, fun. It's just real. Yeah. But look at, uh, off the ranch, demo ranch, all his stuff. Yeah, uh, especially yeah, yep. That yep. is way more powerful than, frankly, like a military arms channel video. Way more powerful. One yeah. of those. Well, even if you look, so for example, if you look at Cardi B or someone like that, people wonder why she's so popular because when she gets up on, does a live thing or whatever it is, she's not trying to be all prim and proper, you know. And and she's just, she's showing, yeah, I'm ghetto as hell by the way, <laughs> you know, and I think human beings naturally, they want to see who you really are. If you can, I, I, that's my takeaway, Kevin. I don't know if, I don't know if I'm getting that wrong, but I think people want to see the human side of who you are, the real side of it, because they go, okay, so this is not a thing that you have to be a super tactical ninja operator, Man. you know, Navy SEAL, whatever to do. This is a thing that regular human beings do. And nothing against those dudes. You know, they hey, they they done what they done and they do what they're doing. They're great at it and not, nothing against them. And there is a certain part of people that need to gravitate and, and need to maintain them like those guys. I have no idea because I'm not prior uh, military. I have no idea how many lives they might save of their former veteran brothers just by having conversations and being out there and giving them hope. So mm-hmm. there's nothing against anything going on. What I am trying to say is and they're still part of our collective tribe. What I'm trying to say is. I mean, let's let's be honest here. I'm a I'm I'm six I'm a six foot, two hundred and fifty five pound black dude. If all I did was run around with an AR all the time and dark shades on, and then I, I go talking about in gun rights or American man, that ain't gonna. <laughs> that's the only image that I have out there. They're just waiting on me to make the right mistake, which will all make a mistake. They're waiting on me to make the right mistake, and then they're gonna put the two together, and they're gonna be like, "Look at this! Mm-hmm. Look at this craziness! Look mm-hmm. at this dangerous guy!" Right? Where it's like, okay, yeah, you click a video, you see me with an AR strapped across a, a plate carrier, and yeah, I got all the, I got a box full of digits and gadgets, and yeah, I got all the cool stuff. I got a bunch of guns, but oh, 
it's kind of hard to demonize a dude that you see kissing his daughter, playing with his son, re- his reading a book with his child before they go to sleep, um, taking his son out to play football. Like it's hard. It's very hard to do that. So if that's going to be your shield, just showing people who you are as a cool person. And, and then it helps with the training aspect of it, too. We have way more people that are carpenters, plumbers, lawyers, doctors than we do dudes aspiring to be weekend Navy SEALs. Mm-hmm. We just cool. do. Right. And so you yeah, need I think we just don't highlight that those people are coming from a normal kind of thing. I think I, I agree with that. I think we need to try to do that more to show that there's regular people out there that are doing things. Look, last week we had a cattle rancher on and he's a gun guy. Well, but, you know, we were talking about me. My uh, my cousin lived in Australia for a while and he had a couple of his roommates and they followed me on Instagram. And I used to post these videos when I'd screw up shooting like do something like an inadvertently press the mag release or I wouldn't have it seated. And, you know, you fire the first round, the mag release goes flying. Out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's kind of embarrassing, but I'd post it and believe it. He said the re- the reaction those guys had, he get, you know, because the part of Australia they were from, guns are not very – the equivalent of in New York City. And he said they were they, – they loved it. They thought it was – it made guns much more approachable to them. So I think we also need to stop trying to get – you know, score Show perfection. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Show it really happens. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because I, I, it makes ahead. people intimidated to go out on the range when they're expected to shoot, you know, a, not, a score 95 or better on a uh, B8 at 25 yards their first time out. That just doesn't happen. Yeah. It, it, it's something you got to work your way into and you're not all going to shoot like a Grandmaster USPSA shooter. Yeah. I think we do need to show uh, more of the what we might think is mundane than the fun. Um, I mean, I understand why people just show the fun stuff. Ultimately, that's what get all gets all the numbers mm-hmm. and the views and stuff like that. But we need to show the you know the simple things of like how do you make a gun safe? How do you ensure that hey this gun is safe? It's just a piece of metal now. We need to show that because of what we said before. We don't know who's looking. It doesn't matter what the politicians say and what the media says. Kids today. They know how to get information. It's very simple for them to get that information. And we have to think about what we're showing them, especially when there is a lot of crap out there that they don't know. Um, I'll bring this up. Uh, I was recently watching this movie, uh, Cop Car. Do you guys know what that is? Cop Car. Um, Yeah. The movie Cop Car, it has uh, Kevin Bacon and uh, it's kind of like a comedy, but it has some drama in it. It's basically about these kids come across a police car. And I was looking at this movie and it was freaking me out because these kids found a police car and they they steal the police car. So these are some I don't know. They're I don't think they were over. I don't think they were your son's age, Kevin. They were like maybe 10 years old, nine or whatever. And they drive off in this police car and then they discover like this. This police officer left his guns and everything in there. And one of them puts on a bulletproof vest and the other one has the AR-15 and he's trying to shoot the one with the bulletproof vest on. Hmm. You know, and when you look at those kinds of things, you know, obviously that's a movie and someone wrote that. But you're thinking, wow, because for me, I was like, how come these kids don't know that's crazy? But the thing is, they didn't know how to take the gun off safety and all of that. And if they would have done that, if they were able to do that, they would have, you know, maybe killed this kid or whatever. So I don't want to ruin the movie for anyone, but that is actually happening in the world because kids don't know these things and no one's talking to them about it. But they're still curious about these things. And when they come across them, 
you know, that lack of knowledge is is the worst thing in the world for us. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. All and, the time. Like you run a program, right, Kevin, where you actually go into schools and try to talk about gun safety, correct? Um, the, well, the, we we will if they want us to. But aiming for the truth is essentially around helping out with uh, environmental conditions and societal ills. So mental illness, employment, fatherless homes, um, employment skills, things of those natures. And so what the premise of the program is to help people build up equity uh, so they don't have to resort to violence, help them build up life skills and equity so they don't have to resort to violence. And then part of the program is a constitutional uh, constitutional educational segment where people can understand some of their broadened rights, gun rights being one of those, uh, so they can protect the life that they invest in building. And when somebody wants me to come in and deal with kids in safety, like I've done for several preschools and elementary schools, we do. There's a couple of videos online of me in a preschool with, with kids sitting around. I actually got my son helping me co-instruct and we're going okay. through safety and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, we, we I do it a lot. And it's um, all the time, though, they don't want to record it. So yeah. there are some places that are like, don't yeah. record, but right. um, I'll still go. But when I am able to record it, I'll put that stuff out there. Absolutely. I Because I think that would make a big difference. I don't know how the hell we'll get there. But if we could bring a gun safety segment every, you know, like an hour segment or something once a year back into classrooms. maybe That's what we need. That's what we need. Instead of all this crazy legislation, we need this. We need kids to understand. We need them to see what guns actually do. If they don't see that, they don't know. Yeah. If they don't see that, they don't know. I offered to some politicians in, in, um, in St. Louis City and St. Louis County. I said, hey. What's a child's life worth? Obviously, I didn't expect them to have an answer. I don't expect anybody to have an answer to that yeah. question. And they're just kind of like, how do we, we're not, can't answer that. It's priceless. I was like, exactly. How much do you think it would it would take this state to pay maybe, in every state, maybe, I don't know, 10, 10 people for the whole state to go around to every school and do nothing but safety training? What do you think that would cost? That pennies. Well, and, and let's be honest, you could probably get some sort of uh, certification or something through an organization like the NRA to do it that the state approves of or something. And then honestly, you could probably get concealed carry instructors. You, you know, the concealed carry instructor isn't necessarily the highest form of instruction, but there are guys out there who are pretty solid. And if this training was good enough and the certification, you get it was solid enough, a lot of these guys would probably do it for free from a marketing perspective, because I think a lot of parents would be more likely to take their concealed carry classes from these guys if they were the ones teaching the school on their own time. Like, I think the state could do it without spending any money. Yeah, I think the problem is there's no interest in doing this. And this is what people need to realize is incredibly dangerous. They're just saying, oh, we're going to litigate this and we're going to solve this problem. We're going to stop a kid from picking up a gun and pulling the trigger while he's pointing that at his little brother because we wrote a law somewhere. Huh? And they learn gun safety out of the movies, and that's not gun safety. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, I think that's what we need, but I just don't think we're going to get it. I think oh, that's what we're let, up let, against. Let, let Mr. D-Love here interrupt the video for a second. Say hello. Okay. What's up, man? <laughs> so can, I, can we – we're just going to have like a 45-second conversation. I just want to ask you some stuff. and do. Don't be nervous. Just, you know, just talk. All right. So what, what, what are your thoughts about guns in general? Um – Things about guns, I think, I think it's a, I think we should keep them around. I believe uh, it's a safe thing to have in your house, but you just need to keep it away from un, 
unlearned children, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure it's in a proper safe, put it in a safe. Um, make sure it's somewhere people don't expect or where it's, well, yeah, where it's safe. Do you think that they are, do you think that people that carry guns are dangerous? No, but if they have something going on in their mind, they need to talk about it with someone. Hmm. The, the the intelligence of a child, right? So yeah, you, since forever, know that your dad carries a gun everywhere he goes, yes. right? How many people outside of the guy that tried to hurt you, mom and, and Katie, how many people have you seen me pull my gun on and threaten them? None. Do I walk around telling everybody I will hurt you and I have a gun on me and chasing them down the streets and shooting at them and doing crazy things like that? Yes, sir. Would you, would you say that there is a threat for, let's say like, let's go to your school for a second, right? Because you have guns. They're my guns, but you clearly, they're the guns you're responsible for, right? Do the kids at your school need to be frightened that you have guns in your home or that you go to the range and shoot? Why? Why shouldn't they be scared of you? Because I, I don't go around and tell them, hey, I'm going to go kill your family or something like that. Why don't you do that? Because I don't. I'm not a person that will hurt another person. Um, and I just don't like telling people, I don't even tell people about that I have guns in my, in my house because people can probably try to steal them from me and go hurt other people. Hmm. So you think part of your responsibility as owners guns to make sure that they don't fall into the hands of wrong people? Yes, sir. Okay, but if somebody was to take a gun from you, what are they called? If they take anything from you, what do we call that kind of person? What are they? If they steal your car, your whatever, what are they? They're a criminal, right? So we don't want people that have bad intentions to get a hold of things. So it's our responsibility to make sure we do things like keep them safe, right? So what is immediately to your right? What's over there? To your right? Uh, firearms. In a what? Uh, in a what? What are they in? A safe. Exactly, right? What do we have all around this house? And what is in our cars? Safes, right? So we, we do the responsible thing as gun owners to make sure that we are maintaining and controlling the things that we know if they fall into the wrong hands can hurt the same people we say we don't want to see hurt, right? So that's where being responsible is. So last question and I'll let you go because I know you need to go to bed. If somebody at your school was to tell you that, hey, I think that you're going to hurt me because I saw you on a video at a range shooting a gun and I think that guns hurt people. If there's a kid told you that in the hallway and I gave you full permission to have a discussion with them, what would you say to that person that believes just because you, you have a gun that you are going to come do something to them? Well, I would say, why would you think that? And then I let them explain. But if after they explain, I'm like, no, just because I have a gun in my house doesn't mean I'm going to take one to the school and hurt you with it. Oh, um, I'm not. If he if he if he's been around me, he'll be he'll know that I'm like a really cool dude, and I won't be going around hurting people or something like that. Hmm, so you mean to tell me that they can actually get to know you as a person before they get to know you as a gun owner? Yes. Amazing how that works. All right, man. <laughs> so Good stuff, man. Yeah, those are the those are the the conversations that America needs to see. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, those are, and, and that is, that's a, a child, you know, it's 12 years old, right? And just, you know, sharing a story, didn't know that was going to happen, unprepared for it. And that's how we talk. 
we just sit back. I don't I don't make him think a certain way. You know, he he comes. I help him connect and make clarity of what he's saying. But yeah. you couldn't do it if you wanted to. I mean, he's his own human being. Now, he has a video out of him a few years ago um, doing a mag change with some snap caps in a hallway that I put I reposted on Instagram. That thing is at about 100000 views now just on Instagram. And so a lot of uh, some kids at his school saw it. You know, okay. somewhere I found out that his kids at the school somehow follow my Instagram page. No, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> um, but they wind up seeing him on some other channels, too. And so kids start walking up to him saying, hey, is this you? And he's like, yeah. And one of the kids came on my post and said, oh, I'll never mess with him. And another one responded, oh, my God, he's going to shoot up the school. Right. Mm-hmm. But these are the conversations that even at 12, He's having to have in a very civil, very limited manner at school. And I've coached him about how to have those conversations and walk away. But even kids, you know, to that point, because he's he's had that conversation and they've had to understand, like, oh, you guys aren't bad. And one of his kids see me walking out the house one day uh, with a T-shirt on. My gun was on me and I was walking to the mailbox. And so because I had my outer shirt off running to the mailbox, I, I had he could see my gun. And a few homes down from me is a police. It's a cop. And this kid nervously tells my son, like, your dad's going to go to jail. You're like, if the cops are right there, he can't have a gun. And my son's like, my dad has more guns than the cop does. (laughs) And, you know, you're like, oh, I didn't know that. And even right then, he's standing in the front yard educating his other kid about, you can have guns. And they they went off on it and then they went to go play. But it was like for a good minute, they were, he was mind was blown, like, your dad is not a cop and he can have a gun? Are right. you serious? So yeah. we have to we have to show America that side of it. And remember, the kids are the, the they're the future leaders, right? So just by making sure that he has a pleasant introduction and he is pleasantly having conversations with people, he is now representing gun owners. Yeah, I think there's lots, by the way, there's lots of kudos in the chat. I don't I mean, we're over time, but, you know, I just want to make sure that, you know, that lots of people are sending you kudos. I think we need more of the conversations that that you just had with your son. We need more of that in America and not more litigation, more laws. You know, those things aren't going to help, like actually talking to these kids and showing them things and answering their questions and letting them follow these things and and, and realize it in reality. Instead of saying we're going to make this law and that's going to stop everything. We need more of that. You know, I I just want people to know that. I mean, uh, we probably need to wrap up here. I want to make sure we thank Harrison. You know, um, Harrison came on, obviously, to talk about a lot of different things. But I'm glad that you stuck in here with us, Harrison, with like having this tough conversation. And, um, you know, and I think you brought up some really good points, too, man. Yeah, I mean, the big thing I do want to see, I just want to I'd like to see more regular people try to normalize the Second Amendment lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I think that's really what we got to go for. And we got to start trying to push that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, um, you know, as we're wrapping it up here, I want people to, you know, support someone like Harrison, if you can, if you guys are looking for holsters and things like that. You know, I know it's a plug and everything, but I think it's really important. Harrison is taking his time, you know, his money and things like that and helping us to have these kinds of conversations. So folks out there are listening to this. If you need something, I think, you know, you should at least consider going to Harry's Holsters. And and you put a lot of thought into what you do. So I don't know if you want to take just a little bit of time uh, and, uh, and and plug what you do. Right now we make IWB holsters. We've got we just released our OWB holster. I don't have one of those here in front of me. Uh, 
go on the site, look, there's a lot of options. If you carry appendix, pretty good option. If you want to start carrying appendix, if you haven't done it before, highly suggest checking these out because you can really figure out what you like in terms of ride height, hardware attachments, all that sort of stuff. But it, my product's not for everyone. I'll just be straight up. It's, but it could be for you. Send me an email if you have any questions and I'll be glad to answer them. And I'll tell you if it's the right decision for you or if it could be. And if it's not, I'll point you in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Harrison has gone to great lengths to have a lot of videos for people out there. So if you want to know if you've got like specific guns or you want to know things about holsters and stuff like that, you can look at the videos and get in touch with him on social media. Your Harry's holsters on everything, right? Yeah. Harry's holsters on uh, Instagram and YouTube. Yeah. So get in touch with him. Ask those questions. Harrison's going to come on here more. Maybe when there's not stuff like this going on, we'll have more like holster related <laughs> conversations and things like that. And that will be great. OK, Kevin, everyone always enjoys when you're on. So you got to tell the people how in the hairy hell can they find you with a hat on? <laughs> well, um, you know, you know um, just NOC Firearms on all your platforms, on all your social media platforms, uh, NOC Firearms training on YouTube. I have to do it, but Hank and his uh, gun streamer friends pump me at SHOT Show in person. So I am now on gun streamer. The uh, import awesome. has happened. Congratulations. Um, yeah. Harrison, are you on gun streamer? You better be. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. You better get up on there. Huh? Yeah. I'll you better do it. Do it. Yeah. Say yes. Say yes. No, don't say yes if you're not on there. You need to get on there, man. I, I'm not. I'm not really big into the gun specific things, specifically for like the conversation we had tonight. I'd rather see it on a. No, what I'm saying is like GunStreamer. GunStreamer is a platform. You can just go sign up there, and then you can pull all your video. They automatically can pull your videos and put them on GunStreamer. Okay. Yeah. So that way, if you have some issues with YouTube, or YouTube decides one day to shut down your channel. Your stuff will be yeah. on GunStreamer. So that's like the that's what we're talking about. It's a platform. Gotcha. Yeah. Yep. Uh, they do more than gun stuff. They do a lot of things. Right now, the name's GunStreamer. But I think it's important for us all to do that because you see these kind of conversations that we're having. A lot of people actually feel uncomfortable about it. And it's only a matter of time before they go, yeah, we don't want you guys to talk about this. All we want is laws. Yeah, so that's we, true. We need to be aware of that. I'm going to encourage everyone to go follow Harry's Holsters as well as NOC. Um, Harry's Holsters, you can use the code. Uh, what is it? Uh, Hank Strange? No. Yeah, it's Hank Strange, right? Yeah, you can use the, the code Hank Strange. You get 10% off. Um, Kevin, what is your social media? Um, is, is it all NOC? Is it Kevin Dixie? Um, NOC Firearms Training. My, um, you can look up also KD for Kevin Dixie of NOC. Um, you can type in Kevin Dixie too, and it all populates. Um, my personal Facebook page where I, I get off on tangents about a lot of other stuff is um, maxed out. Um, so I can't, if you guys are sending me invites, I'm sorry. Like I can't, I can't accept anymore. Uh, so please go follow the more public platforms because um, it allows, it allows me to engage with you. So follow Katie of NOC on all your platforms and also NOC firearms training on all your platforms. And um, yeah, if you can, Go out and make sure you stay tuned because the website is almost done. Should be up in a, less than 10 business days where you can go order one of these puppies. Right. Exactly. Don't forget that. The truth, um, the truth is out there. <laughs> That's the truth is out there. Um, I am. I'm ecstatic to Hold say it up a little bit. Hold it up a little bit. There you go. Much crap. Uh, That's this full size truth here. This is um, the full size truth. And as much uh, positive love that we give uh, or positive crap that we give the gun community. I will say that these guns, um, 
did very, very well. I think the story behind them, the cases and telling a story about gun control and how they come and, and things like that have done well because, um, I mean, you guys have dealt with products. Harry, you sell a product and manufacture it. And Hank, you do yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, manufacturing. And so to have something come out that you haven't even officially put up a website for, sell out half of it in a month. Have you, uh, or I noticed you're running a dot on it. Have you taken any of uh, Scott Jedlinski's courses? Nope. Put that on your list. Okay. With the, with the dot, he's amazing. Sorry to interrupt. No, you. no, that's I mean, cool. About, yeah. Oh. By the way, Kevin, uh, you, you know, yeah, the video, the video that we put up with you explaining the truth is actually done pretty well. Yeah, and, uh, Hank, and Hank, give Hank his props. Hank came over for like what was like forty minute video, dude. Yeah, <laughs> oh, arms falling off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did like a forty minute video on there. The it's out there. If anyone wants to get details on this thing, you could go find that video and a bunch of other videos. Uh, Florida Gun says he's signing up for Gunstreamer right now because his channel was taken down. Oh, um, there's gonna be there's gonna be a bunch of that going on. I hate to tell you guys this, we're moving in this direction. The more that Congress gives these social media platforms political cover, the more this is gonna happen. I'm not trying to like fake anything to make you guys do stuff when the time comes i just don't want you to say that i didn't try to like tell you about it so we're gonna wrap it up here because you know we've got to go and do things harrison has to go kevin has to go i want to thank everyone for coming on including uh you harrison taking the time tonight thank you man it was a really great show i think you had some made some good points good questions kevin always good to see you likewise brother um you know i'm a little weirded out by the fact there's no hat but whatevs you know <laughs> Yeah, put it out on next time. Uh, if you guys are not subscribed to the channel, please do subscribe. Ring the bell. Also, we have a specific IG Instagram. Uh, it's called WMMF underscore podcast. Right now, for a limited time, if you go follow me, I will follow you back on there. So, oh, you know what? I, I, I saw that. I was like, what is this weird thing? What is this? Yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the podcast specific. We're going to put stuff up on there. You know, there'll be when I make a thumbnail for you and Harrison, that'll be up there. I'm going to do weird stuff with your thumbnail. I'm going to try to find the most embarrassing picture of Harrison to put on there. That'll be hard. (laughs) A lot of trouble. Yeah. So anyway, that's it. I want to thank everyone for watching. We'll see you guys tomorrow. We're out of here. Peace. Peace, Peace, guys. Peace. Peace.